Well, the following announcement is prepared for by the Nacho Podcast. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, you'll get that reference later, folks. Of course, me, Marvelous Mark Ashworth, and the dangerous one, Brian Bradshaw, over there for another episode of the Nacho Podcast. We're very sorry that this one's going up there. I've been such a busy little boy uh, up and down the country, uh, and I'm glad to be back here to watch some, well, let's talk about some WCW and a little bit of uh, wrestling in general, because once again, we've had some really, really fucking shit news over the past few days when it comes to wrestling again, but we're going to jump into that once my man over there tells me. How is weekends going this weekend? Because hot damn, it's just good to be back. <laughs> Normality, resuming and hearing a familiar voice again instead of uh, accents from here, there and everywhere. So how are you, Brian? Wow, I'm so fucking touched with that. I'm actually <laughs> pushing a little bit. I'm like, he loves me. He really loves me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm a little bit rough. I'm still getting over this cold. I've, uh, I've been galli- uh, gallivanting myself a little bit this weekend. Uh, been out on the rails uh, Friday night. Got pulled to a random punk gig, uh, which was fun. Uh, was yeah. that the Mac lads? It was, Mac yes. Mac lads, man. Fucking hell. Yes. <laughs> what a riot. Takes <laughs> uh, away credence to you saying, uh, I can't remember the artist or whatever you were, or a comedian you were saying, oh yeah, you probably... Brian will probably get offended by it. I went to yeah. saw the Mac lads and like they were making jokes about pubes being in fucking kids' teeth and all sorts, and I was just laughing, <laughs> you know, because it. I understand that they're not intentionally being mean or punching down on anybody. They're just taking the piss. They're having a having a joke and not doing it to. It's not targeted at anybody, basically. Yeah, I had, I had, a, I had a good time. I've never heard of them before, but I, I had a good time. I had a bit of a laugh. Uh, I got absolutely fucking drenched in beer. <laughs> you know, because people were just chucking their half cups of bloody beer on the stage and all that. Yeah, it was fun. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm like you, I'm just fucking exhausted. Mm-hmm. Uh, between that and being at work, yeah, uh, oh, I'm this rotten cold that just doesn't want to go. Well, I'm hoping that this is going to make you feel better, but we all know it isn't. Because uh, once again, the after roster is still over in Japan. And uh, once again, we have depleted, watered-down wrestling matches for this WCW Nitro. Uh, but before we kick into it, of course, the news again. Uh, we seem to be the, we seem to be the kiss of death, I think, Brian, actually, because the last time we, we spoke and we, we released a podcast, we were talking about the releases the WWE had announced, and those guys who, in the future, every time releases come around, you're thinking, oops, squeaky bum time, it might be me, it might be me, and we actually dropped one name in particular who has since been released. So, yeah, you can take that one away because, again, you've got the names, you've got the know-how, you've got the knowledge when it comes to these guys, obviously. I yeah. know one or two of them. But, yes, uh, yeah, take it away, man. Am I correct in saying poor Spud? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I wouldn't say I'm correct in saying that. I feel bad for fucking predicting it. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I said it last time uh, we recorded, the writing's on the wall for the guy. It yeah. really was. And... I didn't expect it to be this soon. I expected it to be next year, next finance, uh, financial quarter, the next round of releases. It seems to be four fucking times a year now uh, that they do that and uh, scattered releases across a year. Uh, but he's actually taking it pretty well. I mean, he posted a video on his social media where he uh, he basically talks to himself. He It's he, shot... You can tell he's had this in the can for a while. So he knew. He knew he was being released. And he was basically... It's just like... 
shot himself at different angles so it, it looks like there's two of him and he's basically telling himself like this isn't over you know wrestlers don't get fired you know rest you don't get fired from wrestling you're just getting fired from the WWE you'll be fine there are options out there we are going to make it you are going to make it so I'm glad that he's not in a really really poor place like he was last time out um, mm. so fair fucks to him and he, he deserves all the success in the world. He's, uh, he's a nice guy by all accounts. So you don't hear any anything bad about the guy. You just don't. And he's a really talented guy, really fucking funny. And he, he just he just didn't get that opportunity to shine in WWE. People will say, oh yeah, the 24-7 championship. Yeah, that that was decent for what it were. I mean, he had, he had a good run with, doing all that. And he had a good run in NXT. But he was hitting the ceiling. Every single time, he, every single time he had an opportunity to do something, he was hitting the ceiling. It was like mm. you deserve a lot better. You deserve a lot better than what you were getting there. So um, I'm hoping that he's not out of work for long. Um, he might end up back in Impact. He could end up in AEW. I'm not really going to decide his future for him. All I really want is for him to to pick up employment as soon as he possibly can and. For, for for how long he decides he wants to continue wrestling, that, you know, he, he gets to wrestle at... Just... Just to get to wrestle, really. You know, just to get to perform regularly mm. and actually enjoy his career whilst it lasts. Because he, he, he clearly wasn't enjoying it in WWE. That's another thing as well. So I, I saw, like, little glimpses of him um, recently and he, he, he just didn't look happy. He didn't look like he was into anything, so, you know, good luck to him, Bobby. You know, I hope he finds his feet. So, who else was uh, named in this one? John Morrison was one of them. Um, yeah, you're going to have to run through the, na- the names again because they all escaped me. Taya, 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 or was that the last one, actually? Yeah, she was, the, she was on the last uh, release. Uh, the last round. Yeah, the la- last round of releases. Yeah, basically, it were, uh, the rest of the stable hit raw. Uh it was John Morrison, and there's a couple of names that are escaping me. I know there's more, but honestly, it's, at this point, I'm just so fucking jaded. Like, I'm just so jaded. And One of them so, was a couple, weren't they? I forgot uh, her name. She, she's got blonde hair, hasn't she? And her fella got um, got released as well. Uh, he deleted his tweets about it, and she just carried on. She said, no, no, I'm going to speak up about this. The way yeah, that, that, me and my that, husband is a joke. Yeah, that's Taya Valkyrie and uh, oh, John Morrison. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know there's more. Uh, Jackson Riker, uh, Gunner, that just seemed to be a long time coming. Like, any time there were releases. And I'm not, I am not uh, condoning this behaviour from fans at all. Yes, he is a piece of shit. He really is a piece <laughs> of shit guy. But, you know, hoping for him to get fired, like, like I mean, publicly hoping... For him to get fired it is a little bit shitty. It doesn't make you any better than him. You know what I mean? I, I'm not that kind of guy. I, I, you know, at the end of the day, he's it, not the only only dickhead in wrestling. But people, I, I can guarantee you, there's a lot of wrestlers out there that are that share his opinions, but they keep a lid on it. Uh, yeah. Cough, cough. Yeah. Cody Rhodes, cough, cough. Uh, and fucking hell, maybe not to the levels of fucking Jackson Ryker is in terms of racism, but the politics in general. We all know fucking Cody Rhodes' politics, like you know, and and what have you. But yeah, I mean, don't don't wish for people just to be released. It's just 
it, it it's it's just poor taste for me. I just never I've never liked that, you know. But yeah, uh, again, like like I said, it, it is released was a long time coming, you know. I, I I just think like the negativity surrounding him, they just couldn't keep him there for longer. He weren't he weren't of any value to them, so you know why keep him if he, if he's got all this negativity surrounding him, why fucking keep him? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, if you're not going to do it with him, I mean, he, no, he, 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 that. he wasn't anything special in particular. You know, he had a look, but that's really about it. I, I, I've always said this about Gunner. His wrestling, I'm <laughs> still calling Gunner. Uh, his wrestling leaves a lot to be desired. He has like little flashes of ability, but generally he's just boring. Hmm. Yeah, the other one, uh, the other one that we discussed as well. Also, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, sitting on talent and not allowing them to do anything that really annoys me to be perfectly honest it's one thing again we always go back to the football analogies don't we it's one thing being a talent and sitting on the sidelines because well don't fucking pay me I don't uh, don't play me I don't care I'm going to get paid anyway it's the old fucking Gareth Bale technique yeah <laughs> the opposite is to sort of fucking you know swallow up talent just because they can't go anywhere else which seems to be what the WWE have done for for a few years now and it's kind of biting them the, in the ass now monopolising which, the business yes of course because they know that there is competition out there but again this well, is another thing that I see as like a local thing as well because in Blackburn what happens is if a pub shuts down that place can never be a pub again if it is part of a certain brewery uh, that formerly owned the pub so they attach a covenant to it which doesn't allow it to open as a pub again which is almost like the brewery turning around and saying we couldn't make it work, but we're not going to let you try either. You know what I mean? Like, So it's like the WWE is going to get this wrestler and we're going to keep him because we don't want him to be successful anywhere else. We'll just keep it. You know, just like, nah, just, just, I don't, I, I don't know why. You know, it just, it's almost as if they're fearful that this could be, oh no. Remember what happened back in 1996 when we let Owen Nash go to WCW? Oh, fuck, it could be that again. Like PTSD syndrome in WWE. I don't know, man. <laughs> it just annoys the fuck out of me because there's so much talent in there just being wasted, just being sat on, just like you said, for monopolization reasons. I mean, to your point, uh, yeah, AEW definitely factors into that, but they've been doing this for a long time anyway. Mm-hmm. So like, for years, uh, even before NXT was a thing, like when they had ECW, they were bringing in talent and they were just stuck in developmental and then they were just on ECW purgatory. Like mm-hmm. the odd, with the odd wrestler breaking through, but these people just weren't getting released. They were just sitting there doing fuck all for, for years on end, and then eventually getting released because they're like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, we actually need to make budget cuts." Because, uh, like, I, I've said it before, I said it again. I hate that fucking excuse. I think it's bullshit. I really yeah. do. I just think it's bullshit. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying they are purposely playing with people's careers, but by association of what they're doing, they are playing with wrestlers' careers. And livelihoods and mental health, you know, yep. it, it, it's it's really fucking shitter. You know, budget cuts my ass. You know, but yeah, I mean, back when budget cuts were a necessity, you know, that's only when they were making those cuts. And it used to be an annual thing, you know, the uh, the WWE spring cleaning, as they called it. Uh, now it's four times a year, guaranteed with, like I said, scatter, a, a few scattered among, uh, throughout the year and that, yeah. I just don't know what they're fucking playing at anymore. I mean, people can buy the theory that they're preparing to sell, and Nick Khan is, if I remember reading rightly, he has a history in preparing sales for, for companies or, or what have you, but, you know, it, it, even if it, if it's that, then okay, but it's still shitty, but it, it could easily just be not that. 
it could just mm. be they they've changed changed focus and they they, they they just can't decide on who they like from week to week. I mean, <laughs> about about Hit Row because they they released uh, B Fab from Hit Row a few weeks ago, and on the day that Hit Hit Row were released, a um, a news reporter came out from Fightful. Uh, saying that the reason why B Fab was released is because Vince McMahon believed Hit Raw was fine with Alter, and then he goes and releases him anyway, like <laughs> on the same fucking day. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. So like, yeah. uh, Vince McMahon changes his mind more than he changes his fucking underwear. I think he's losing the plot. To be perfectly honest, no That's disrespect true. or anything like that, but I do, I genuinely do think age is catching up to him. And at some point, you've just got to, somebody's got to walk in there and just go, Vinny, mate. I think it's time that you just sort of fucking take a take a step back. It is your company. Congratulations on everything that you've done, sort of thing. But the the, the whole dynamic of of uh, business economics, not only wrestling, but the whole fucking dynamic has completely changed in the time that he's been in the WWE or he's owned the WWE. So it's time for it to go in a new direction. And it's like I've said to you in the past, I honestly I honestly believe that at this point, the WWE should just cease being a wrestling entity and be an umbrella with the kind of fucking stuff, you know, like the WWE Network and everything like that, um, with with promotions underneath it. So Raw be its own promotion, SmackDown would be its own promotion, NXT would be its own promotion, go back to what it used to be, um, but all under a WWE umbrella, which is what it was supposed to be like in the first place. But it's not like that. And we all know it's not like that because you'll have fucking Raw stars turning up on SmackDown in two weeks' time. There's too much crossover. Yeah. If, uh, I'm, if I'm Tony Khan and I've got that much money, I'm honestly thinking, I will buy that. Yeah. Uh, not even Tony Khan, his dad. Get his dad to fucking buy it and just use that as an umbrella for... for that's the entertainment uh, aspect of it. But I'd, I'd have so many different promotions underneath. Yeah. But we're talking hypotheticals because we know they're never going to ever do that. You know, no. even... Even if the opportunity presented itself, uh, say WWE put put all the stock on the market, it's like they're gonna make sure they're gonna use some kind of uh, legal binding uh, situation or legal binding fucking rule or whatever, where nobody from AEW or affiliated with AEW, uh, be it the Cons or any of the wrestlers or right, like that, can't can buy stock in WWE. Yeah. and they'll do it the same with Impact. You know. They probably do the same with fucking Sinclair, Ring of Honor. You know, they, they'll do they, the same with Warner. Anybody affiliated with Ted Turner don't stand a chance. Huh, yeah, that as well. Because yes. that would be the ultimate kick in the dick. Yeah, and that's just that is just ego and pride getting in the way of making money. That's all that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at look back in two thousand and one. The fact that Vince managed to buy WCW for whatever it were four and a half million, something like that. You know. It's it's ridiculous. It's fucking think, ridiculous. I think like, there, there is a classic quote from Eric Bischoff saying that without TV, WCW is worth about fifty bucks. Yeah, and, and he's, he's he's repeated that to, to no end. But I, I think I don't know when you listen when you listen to the, some of the things. And obviously, I, you know, I I like Eric Bischoff. You know, I'd love to fucking go and have a beer with him. I'd love to meet him. I've never met him, so I'd, I'd love to just fucking go and shoot the shit with him and and, and talk about anything, probably anything but wrestling. To be fair, but on this one. I really don't agree with him because he was talking. His um, what do they call them now? So you you so you you've got three or four business partners. You've got them all together. Uh, begins with a C. I forgot what it's called. Help me out, Brian. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, a consortium. Consortium. So he got the consortium together uh, with people 
who had become millionaires or possibly even billionaires by setting up um, classic football matches just to be constantly shown on ESPN Classic. Or it became ESPN Classic when them guys sold it. One of the two, anyway. So they saw money in old football matches uh, and baseball matches and basketball matches and they saw the nostalgia. People love to watch it. You cannot tell me that those people didn't think the same thing about nostalgic wrestling because WCW always prided itself on... This 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 episode that we're talking about right now is a prime example. They go back, they're talking about 1903, the lineage of WCW, the people that have wrestled here. WCW loved its history. In fact, the whole thing is based off the history of the company. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you said Tony Schiavone says it four times episode, an episode. You know, the greatest is is usually past tense. It's just it baffles my mind that he was in a consortium with people who made money from classic sports footage, and they didn't see the worth of WCW's footage library. I just don't buy it. I don't. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Not not from a business perspective, it does not no. at all. It just doesn't add up. But yeah, you, you you say history. By the way, you say history. Very, very, very loose with the term history. <laughs> it's like any company can claim to have lineage to the old days. I mean, WWE do it. WWE have done that for years. Like, they've claimed, like, oh, yeah, it goes, uh, the history goes far back from fucking Titan Sports or Capital Wrestling or whatever it used to be fucking called when it first started. You know, it goes further back. You know, we can trace our lineage back to Luther's. It's like, really? Can you? Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's just a trickle-down effect. It's just association by people and companies and, and titles yeah. they've held. It's ba- basically what they're saying is, yeah, we've got ties to the NWA, albeit loosely, we have ties to the NWA and the AWA and this, that and the other, because, you know what? This guy wrestled there. And well, I mean, did we, we, ha- we, we have his grandson here today. Like, it's, <laughs> it's shit like that, though. Just, uh, it, it's like saying Blackburn Robbins has... Like, he, has history in football itself that uh, you know that their lineage traces back to the foundations of football it's like well you don't no you don't you know <laughs> but you you can easily if you if you put the words uh, on paper if you put the words on paper and you say it out loud enough you can make that make it a convincing statement yeah yeah you know anybody too lazy to do the research anyway exactly it's like, it's like yeah yeah okay that happened sure yeah, it's a it's a weird one. I mean, you could trace back. Could you not? You can. I'm pretty sure you can trace back WWF to WCW. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So there was yeah. World Championship Wrestling WWF or something like that. Because I remember seeing. I remember vaguely seeing the videos of like Vince McMahon presenting World Championship Wrestling. We're not World Class Championship Wrestling. It could have been. It yeah. could have been. But but, do- but then again, World Class Championship Wrestling. What that sort of spread its legs and pushed out world championship wrestling <laughs> yeah it's all just one so basically we just got to thank the nwa for everything yes yeah, essentially it yeah and it's still knocking about to this day yeah um, thank, thank our lord and master and ruler of the universe jim Cornette, for nwa <laughs> people out there might even be thinking about the rap group uh but <laughs> Yeah, can imagine that fucking Jim Cornette in the NWA, the rap group, <laughs> you know, uh, hit single, I'm a cook. <laughs> well, there's there's two uh, two members of today's uh, WCW Nitro that we're going to talk about who wish that they were in the NWA, but unfortunately, too fat, too, um, 
out of just, just well we're going to get to it let's put it that way they're, they're just not in good shape uh, and somehow they're the tag team champions so um <laughs> i was wondering where the fuck you were going with that <laughs> wanna be rap stars that well they are i mean let's be honest i mean they, they probably do go back and they are the WA. yeah they are literally named after a rap group as well true <laughs> you know they just added uh, a prefix that was it it's like oh yeah they're called public enemy well we add the yeah, now oh, it's our intellectual property. Yeah. And I've no. just realised it's actually the first match on this. I thought it was later on. That's that's how long ago it seems like. This has been a real uh, a tough slog watching this episode. It really has. Yeah. Um, so without further ado, let's crack on. Uh, September 30th, 1996 from the CSU Convocation Centre. What the hell is a convocation? No idea. Uh, in somewhere in Ohio. Oh, Cleveland, Ohio. Which was called what by Larry Zabisco? <laughs> the mistake on the lake. Yes, it was, and I like that. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, I, I know absolutely fuck all about Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland Browns are from there. Uh, John Box is from there. Few wrestlers are from there. Literally, all fucking know about Cleveland. To be honest with you. Oh, and hot in Cleveland, of course. Uh, uh, Tony does give a big one away. To be fair, it's the it's ah, the rock, the rock and roll, hall rock and roll hall of fame. Yes, which I didn't know prior to this episode. So, thank you, yeah. Tony. In nineteen ninety six. Uh, <laughs> a big fucking rock and uh, rock and roll and metal fan I am, and I don't know where that fucking building is based. But okay. Uh, to be fair, it it's a shambles that fucking thing. Oh yeah, me, yeah. So. Tina Turner can get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, mad respect to the woman, but really. Yeah, and there's still like major groups still missing out of it. Is it is it Iron Maiden? I think it's Iron Maiden that yeah. aren't in there. Yeah, they were actually put up to a vault this time around, and they got beaten out they by were. Foo Fighters. Yeah, which I'm okay with. You know, I will, I'm a bigger I, Foo Fighters fan than I am an Iron Maiden fan. I, got, I, I, I would say one thing: I've never liked Iron Maiden. A couple of songs I do enjoy, but I've never really been a big fan of them. And I fucking adore Dave Grohl, you know, and I love the Foo Fighters. But even I admit that's a fucking shambles. It's like they ain't been around anywhere near as long, and maybe they've got more mainstream appeal. But it's Iron fucking Maiden, guys, and I can't believe yeah. I'm defending Iron Maiden here. It's Iron fucking Maiden. It's like your Foo Fighters. Uh, Foo Fighters uh, one of vote against Slayer. I can't fucking stand uh, Slayer at all. I, I just really can't. Uh, and I think Carrie King is a fucking bald prick. But it's Slayer. I, I'm almost tempted to go, it's Slayer, you know, like the fucking Nomad <laughs> fans do. But if you if you if you can't if, if you don't get a hint, of what I'm getting at, I hate Slayer mainly because of the fucking fans. Uh, the music it doesn't really leave you know it's never left a mark on me but the fans make it a lot worse but you can say that about any fucking fan of any fucking band or company or that's it here we are on a wrestling podcast and yeah, we yeah. talk about fans just being the poison that is in the chalice <laughs> yeah of course yes uh, but yeah I get but... it I get it with Slayer fans though. I've got a mate who's a Slayer fan and you're absolutely right he, oh, he, he's just like Slayer and it's like is that really necessary it's four o'clock in the morning yeah, well, I went to see the Big Four uh, at Sonosphere Festival 10 years ago. Fuck, I'm old. And, yeah, it started with Anthrax, and then there were Megadeth, and then there was Slayer, and then there was Metallica. And throughout, uh, throughout uh, Anthrax and throughout Megadeth, there were always fans of shouting, Slayer, Slayer. When Slayer were on, not a fucking peep. Metallica came on, Slayer. Look, they've been and gone. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. You know. Let Metallica yeah. play and just fucking listen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's just it. That's again. It's like no, well, our band's better than your band, sort of thing. It's like, dude, your music's subjective, mate. You know what I mean? You like what you like, and I like what I like. Just shut the fuck up, all right? <laughs> Paid the same price to get in here, you cunt. <laughs> uh, 
We really read do. Something. We, we are struggling with this already, aren't we? We're like, can we just talk about Again, anything? it's the same as last week. You're just saying the same thing as last week. We're really struggling about this. We want to talk about anything else, but um, <laughs> just quickly, I did I did read uh, Loudwire. I think it was on Loudwire the other day, and they basically did the big four thing. Uh, they said, obviously, we, we all know who the big four is. Or if you don't know who the big four is, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, uh, and Anthrax. Uh, I, I, the, I already gave that one away. <laughs> yeah, there's the, um, there's the argument that Exodus would it would become a big five and Exodus would be included. So basically what they did is they ran through every subgenre in metal uh, and gave you the big four for each one. It runs into all sorts, but I was so happy to see goth metal and it was him and Lacuna Coil in the set. I'm like, you know what? I would fucking go to that and I would be fucking happy. I don't know. I can't even remember who the other two bands were. And I was just like, if I get him and Lacuna Coil on the same bill, I am fucking done. I'd probably never go to a festival ever again. I would be happy. And again, that would be like my teenage self just coming back out again um, <laughs> from back in the old Celavie days and Napier and stuff like that. Wait. Which you went back to. You went back to the old stomping. I did, yes. Yeah. After three long years, I've had to have been yeah. back. Three, yeah. You've not been in there for three years. Fucking hell. Yeah, three years. Uh, the last time I went to, I went to a Halloween do. Wow. Yes. Uh, I didn't dress up. <laughs> But I went to a Halloween do, and I just thought, you know what, fuck it, you know, I, I, I meant to be meeting up with a mate, and he didn't turn up because he had to work, but I just bumped oh, into other mates, so I had a good night, regardless, like, I enjoyed it, I really did, it was nice to see the old place, and uh, really weird to use the main entrance for once, because I remember <laughs> that being walked off and not being used, so we had to go to the side entrance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th- th- this conversation, yeah. yeah, this is our conversation, it's not for you guys, you know, just, you know. <laughs> This is our first catch-up in, in nearly two weeks, so... <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so, obviously, to add context to that, the, the Sir Charles Napier in Blackburn was was uh, an iconic uh, rock music venue um, that kind of lost its way under the, the previous ownership, if you like, that's trying to get back on its feet now as a community-run uh, public establishment that only... It's, it's just a pub. It's a, it serves beer, and that's pretty much it. Um, Such as a community-run pub that it is, it's like customers are helping out, like with glasses and putting them in the blue yeah. trays for them, and like, oh yeah, we'll carry these upstairs for you, like yeah. you know, wiping bloody uh, boy down and everything. I'm like, you know what? I dig that. I really do because I've always been of that mind myself. Like, if I go to a coffee shop, I don't just leave my plate and my cup on the table. I go and take it back. Yeah, no. I've got to be honest. That fucking does my head in when people just leave it. I can't, I can't do that. I got to fucking even if if you're gonna get in a takeout cup, which actually costs less anyway. But if you get in a takeout cup, just make sure you put the takeout cup in the fucking bin. Yeah, or like you said, the mugs, you know, the plates, the tray, just take it back. You know, you fucking you're saving them. You're probably saving them twenty seconds to go and do something else. But you, you're helping out. If everybody did that. You know, I think the world would be a better place, yeah, to be honest. And we it's don't, such a small thing to do. We don't have an obliga- uh, obligated tipping system in the UK like the US do, you know. So we have to make up for it in other ways. Yeah, the, the, you always used to have a little cup where you can just put your loose pennies in. Some, sometimes you will see the odd fiver being fucking thrown in there. And it's like, yeah, you've come in for a £3.50 coffee and you've given them a fiver. It's like, that's really nice, but you've you've gone way over your tip budget there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just think <laughs> for me, it's like... You just, I've always been a pay it forward type type of person. It's like I I could I understand it even more now we're working in a supermarket about just how difficult these lines of work are, and you, you are going to get the odd dickhead customer, and you're going to be rushed off yep. your fucking feet. You know, the least you can do as a customer is just take your cut back to them so they don't have to come yep. come 
you know, bring a handheld va- uh, vacuum in and just hoover the fucking sofas for them. You know, whatever you want to do, just uh, just help out a little bit. Yeah, it's just nice. And they always say that as well. I've always I've always heard that, particularly you know, like people who are, who are looking for. Uh, you know, a, a partner or something like that. So, particularly, this comes from females. You can tell a lot when they go out on a date. You can tell a lot uh, if the, if the male treats the um, you know the waitress or the waiter like shit. That they are generally just a shit human being. And I completely stand by that. Like I hate. We were in um, we were in a I think it's Stone House, uh, and they do carvery and pizza. So it's a obviously it's a franchise a chain over here. Uh, they've just opened one up where the old mother egg cap used to be actually on the way into Clitheroe. Oh really? Um, yeah, yeah. That's just opened a couple of weeks ago actually. Nice. Um, I, I don't think it's called old mother egg cap anymore. I think they called it something else. It might just be Stone House. They might just call it that. Anyway, we found one uh, down south, and we went in there. We sat down. There were there were five of us. So we sat at a, a table for six, and she comes over and she's like, "Just to let you know, we've no burgers and we've no pizza," uh, and it was just like. Oh fuck! Oh, what the fuck are we gonna eat? We've got one guy over here who's lactose intolerant, so he was on like completely vegan stuff and all that sort of stuff. He went through the vegan uh, list, which is obviously very limited, which shouldn't be, but it is. Um, vegan burger, no burgers. Uh, so he went for the, the, the vegan mac and cheese option. Oh, by the way, we're out of mac and cheese. No. <laughs> so <laughs> it just kept happening and happening and happening and happening. Um, one of the guys, Sam, the drummer, he actually, t- he's so quiet. You've met him, you know him. Yes. Uh, but he's, he's so fucking quiet and so fucking timid. Anyway, when you're ordering through the app, it gives you the option to give a tip at the end. And I gave a tip. I rounded it up to, it was 20, I think it was 27 quid for, for what me and Beth were having. So I rounded it up to 30 as the tip. Uh, and then, obviously, they got to that screen. Um, and Luke said, oh, do we want to add a, add a tip? And Sam turned around and said, uh, here's a tip. Uh, get more food, <laughs> but from him it was just fucking hilarious. Well, uh, but obviously the girls kept coming over, and then we placed their orders, and they come over again and they say, "So you ordered such and such a thing," and it was like, "Yeah, we've run out of that as well." And normally, you know, like in a place like that, people will just go, oh, "For fuck's sake, what the fuck are you doing?" This, that, and the other. But you just got to treat. At the end of the day, you know those those ladies, it ain't their fault. It, you've got to fucking treat them with respect and that's why I still give them a tip even though they had a very extremely limited I'm talking extremely limited menu yeah. with barely anything left and except all, carveries and I was the only one that had a carvery it's also so bear yeah, in mind that, respect. Yeah, also bear in mind that they're probably not on the best wage and a lot no, of places that have a tipping system like that the, the staff get very very little of it if mm-hmm. if they get anything at all like mm. it, it's it's fucking it's capitalism gone mad really it's a tipping system in a lot of places like that it's, again it's not you know you're not obliged to give a tip but if you like oh yeah I'll just I'll give 5% it's like they're probably going to see about what 0.5% of that and it, it's just so mm. not fucking fair like for that one person that served it you know served these people and in a difficult situation like that and they, they've just you know not seen anything of it it's yeah, it's just shit, really. You know, be kind. It, it goes a long way. I mean, I said it, it. I said this. You know, as a retail worker, that's really preparing for the very busy Christmas period that's coming up because it's going to be fucking mad this year. Even more so mad than two years ago pre-pandemic. You know, last year it did get a little bit mad towards the end, but it wasn't like 
crazy mad this year. There's going to be a lot of families trying to make up for last year. And, oh, God, I'm fucking dreading it. I, I, you know, I, I'm going to get called every name under the sun, as we all do. We're going to get fucking called uh, useless or whatever if we don't have certain stock in. Yeah. But, you know, it's not our fault. You know, it's just uh, be kind to people. Be kind to the people that are working hard to to provide for you or try and provide for you. It, it, yeah. You know, and realise if they can't provide what you want, it's not their fault. It's a That's distribution it. problem or it's yeah. a sales problem. Yep. Tweet them. That's the best thing you can do, in it? Just fucking tweet the company. But then be respectful to the person who's reading the tweets because I'm responding to you because, again, it ain't their fault. It's the company's fault. It's The company's got to do something. At the end of the day, be frustrated, but don't take your frustrations out on the people who can't do anything about it. No. It's as simple as that, really. You've just got to be really respectful. And my suggestion is, really, is it, it's down to you. It's not down to the company. It's not down to anybody. It's down to you to prepare for, for this in advance. So like this in this day and age, there's no real excuse. You've everyone's got access to online shopping in one way or another, and most supermarkets do a foreign order service for for Christmas stuff. If you get that order in two months in advance or even a month in advance, you're not going to be rushing around on fucking Christmas Eve trying to get a bloody turkey. That's true. You know, it, it, you've got it, a freezer. Yeah, it, it just it drives me insane. It always has done before. I well, even before I started working in the supermarket, where people are like going in on Halloween and saying, "Have you got any pumpkins?" It's like, well, it's Halloween. Chances are, <laughs> we're just putting the Christmas decorations up. <laughs> yeah, chances are, no more pumpkins at that. You know, don't leave everything to the last minute. Oh. Oh, speaking of pumpkins as well, I can't wait till we get to that part at Natural. Fuck, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> uh, that'll be going on Instagram as well for the right. this episode, I think, for the promotion. <laughs> Let's get um, to this Natural because we just talked on and on and on and on about other shit. And we haven't even got to the first match. No, we haven't, no, yeah. And uh, remember, folks, tip your waitress. Uh, quick recap of last week's events from the end of your takeover of Nitro. While half the roster fights in Japan still, and Eric Bischoff is at the commentary booth with a statement, which uh, I have highlighted. But would you would you like to bullet point this one for us, Brian? Did oh you take God. any notes I, for that? Oh, I fucking you you texted me about this, and I was like, interesting. Oh, I fucking love this promo. I love mm. absolutely everything about this promo. Basically, it's uh, Eric is addressing the NWO's actions, and it's like you know, it, it's it's kind of like a state address from the US president. You know, we have the my fellow Americans or my fellow natural, you know, fans or, or whatever you want to fucking say. Like, it, it, it's not like that. It's just him walking into the camera and saying, you know what? This has got to stop now and we are going to end it. You know, and you get the sense that, you know, and he doesn't raise his voice. This is the big thing about it. You can tell his rage is bubbling. You can see it in his eyes. And th- again, fucking Perfect acting from Eric Bischoff, who's not really an actor, but perfect fucking acting here. It's like you can you, you see him bubbling with rage, but he doesn't raise his voice. He, he keeps it very, very, you know, distinct. He, he, he says, basically, you know what? It's The time is to end this because it's, it's, it's people's livelihoods are on the line here. You know, if we don't nip this in the bud now, then I'm out of a job, and these guys are out of a job, and these guys are out of a job. You know, the people in the back who earn, you know, a, a margin of what they earn. And he's not saying this, but this is basically what he's getting at. It's like, you know, these people are going to be out of a job, and they're going to be struggling to fucking put food on the table. So, you know what? This ends now. You've, you've gone way too far. 
let's let's finish it. We're fucking finishing it. And that's it. That's that's really all he's getting to. And he ties in the heritage of WCW, cough cough, heritage. Um, <laughs> uh, and he says that the biggest mistake of his career was bringing Hulk Hogan to WCW. I mean that that in itself, like the biggest story that wrestling has ever had. And you are regretting bringing him to WCW. What a fucking statement that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just love this promo, but I can't overlook the production because as he's talking about this, the camera closes in on his face. Now, I'm not, I ain't got a degree in media or anything like that, but I, I pick up on certain things of like how production can send a, a message, how things can be metaphors. And this is, you might completely disagree with me uh, on this, Mark, but this was my interpretation of it, is as the camera's closing in, it's basically saying that Eric Bischoff right now, he's feeling that pressure and everything is closing in on him right now. Everything. This This whole situation is closing in on him. And just by the camera going, uh, closing in on him, as he's saying this, we are actually saying those words, it's it's just kind of like it's underscoring the situation. It's just yeah. fucking magnificent. It's so subtle, but you know it it's absolutely brilliant when you pick up on it. it if you if you think about it, you can re- realize just how fucking that one little thing can make this promo perfect. This whole yeah. bit perfect. I see it in films all the time. Uh, we, we were talking about Goodfellas a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know if you said you've ever seen Goodfellas. I have seen Goodfellas. Yeah. No, pardon. I have seen. Yeah, you have it. Well, there's a similar situation towards the end of Goodfellas, uh, when Jimmy Conway, Robert De Niro, is in the in the courtroom, and Henry Hill is basically saying, "Yep, this is a ringleader. This is a guy behind behind this whole operation." As he's hearing what Henry Hill is saying, the camera closes in on him because everything is closing in on him. You know, he's fucked. He's done. You know, he's no. There's there's just no way out of this situation now, and. Um, you know, it. You, this is. It, it's just a simple little thing that you get in media all the time. You know, in all kinds of media, you get it. It's just. It's just brilliant production. It's pound for pound the best production I've seen from WCW so far. Just this little segment. It's just such a, a small thing as well. Yeah. yeah, it's the whole thing, and I'm I'm including the the first major attack. You know, the whole gang like attack that the end we all did on the whole roster. You know, throwing Raven yeah. Stevie onto the trailer. This is better for me. Wow. This is better. Because whilst that is real, it feels real, you can also say that it's also quite corny. This (laughs) is as real as it can get. Hmm. I fucking love this promo. I absolutely loved it. I'm glad you pointed that out, to be honest, because I noticed the camera panning, but didn't really... I always just thought that was just there, but what the way you're describing it just makes it make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I've completely missed that. I, I, you need you needed to point that out to me for me to realise and think, holy fuck, that's actually fucking true. Like you've nailed that right on the head. Um, it, just, it is a pretty sweet promo, anyway. Yeah, I also said adds... to you that it rivals Sting's promo from a few weeks ago. It's not yeah. as good, you know, yeah. but it's fucking brilliant. You know, in itself, it is absolutely brilliant. Just even without the production, just the way Eric says anything, the way he lays it all out, there's not a word uttered out of place. It's just perfect. Thanks a lot, Tony. And you know, I want to make one thing very clear. First of all, you pointed out that yeah, they slapped me around. Yes, the new world odor 
as Larry refers to it, did take over our broadcast booth. But listen, this isn't about Eric Bischoff. This is about the history of WCW and what that represents. This company's roots go back to 1905. Champions like Luthez, Terry and Dory Funk, Pat O'Connor, Dusty Rhodes. The names go on and on. It may not mean anything at all to Hulk Hogan, to the Outsiders, Hall and Nash, to Ted DiBiase, to that 180-pound wimp they call six. Maybe it doesn't mean anything at all to them, but it does mean a lot of things to a lot of people. It has got to stop. It is going to stop. And it's going to stop now because this company's not going to tolerate it. Not at the corporate level, not at the level here that all of us work at on Nitro to try to put together a program that people out there can enjoy. It's got to stop because it's not fun anymore. Nobody's entertained by it. The NWO is nothing but dirt bags from the bottom all the way to the top. And, yes, that means you, Hulk Hogan. And, yes, Eric Bischoff has been accused of making a whole lot of mistakes. And I admit that I have. And my relationship with WCW may have only lasted the last five or six years. But let me tell you something. The one singular mistake I ever made was bringing Hulk Hogan into WCW. And Hogan and the rest of you thugs, because that's all you are, you thugs. You want to come in here? You want to try to stop WCW? Well, we've worked too hard. We've worked too long. And gentlemen, and I use that word very carefully because it really doesn't apply. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Listen to me and listen to me now. It is going to stop. No more. Tony, Larry, take it back. Yeah, I completely agree. I'd love to know who is deciding that. I don't know if it's Bischoff himself or if it's uh, one of the guys who are doing uh, Craig Leather, isn't it? He's the guy who's doing the stuff, the stuff in the back. Um, like you said, the, the Sting one where he won't turn around to the camera because it it's like you turn your back on me, I'm turning my back on you sort of thing. But Again, this, symbolism. Yeah, it's these little things. Like somebody is somebody's obviously got their fucking their head switched on when it comes to this sort of thing, which I I, I can't remember ever seeing it prior to, to, to 1996 WCW. I don't think I've ever seen it in wrestling. I think I've seen it since, but I don't think I've seen it before in 1996. Um, yeah, and even in 2021... Like, you don't see mm, shit yeah. like that. I mean, you do get, like, a, a lot of closing in, but it's fucking way too much to dizzy and bloody it's proportions. Quick, uh, cough, cough, Kevin Dunn, cough, cough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the crash rooms, as they call them. Yeah. yeah. That, that's even your cl- backstage interviews, it's the same. Like, they, obviously, they go to focus on the on the main attraction who is the person that's being interviewed, but they kind of... They don't do it in a slow enough way for it to be to have dramatic effect. It's just, like, zoom in on them very quickly. Just do it now. Yeah. You know, get, get the interviewer out of the way. doesn't matter who they are. I don't know. Um, yeah, it is. He's missing that little bit, but I completely agree with you. If you hadn't pointed that out, like I would have completely missed that. I really would have. I knew the zoom was there, but I didn't know why. So I'm glad you did. Um, and as you said, he says that the biggest mistake he has made was bringing in Hulk Hogan. Takes complete responsibility for it. Um, and that, when you think about it, is fucking big. <laughs> so after all that uh, goes down, we go into a WCW World Tag Team Title match with Public Enemy. Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock, who are the champions after taking it off uh, versus El Tecnico and Juvitu Guerrero. Uh, three points if you know who El Tecnico is. Um, I didn't. I did a Google search. <laughs> yeah, so did I. <laughs> it's, it's poor Billy Kidman. It is, yeah. And yeah. he's dressed up as like, you know, you know the uh, creator move set mode on the WWE games? <laughs> He's literally dressed up as a red guy. He's like in a red bodysuit and he's got just a little bit of green. Like, it's just on half of the mask. Yeah. And there's a little bit of green on his tights as well. It's 
I mean, the, the, the picture quality, obviously it's 1996, even on a 4K TV, you can't make out what those green bits are. It just looks like it, he's just done a little bit of painting. <laughs> the poor lad. And he gets booed as well because they're Mexican. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> rule one is to boo the Mexicans, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he's not. <laughs> it's Billy Kidman. <laughs> poor guy. I know. Uh, but Billy Kidman and Hoovy Two Guerrero as a tag team, I'm all for it. I want to see it a little bit more. Yeah, I, don't care no. if, I don't care if Billy Kidman's wearing a fucking morph suit or not. I'm fine <laughs> with it. Morph suit. <laughs> um, I just don't want to see him against Public Enemy. Public Enemy struggle carrying the table to the ring. I'm not sure that they'll make uh, good removal men if they cast that early. See, the thing is, they actually look like removal men. <laughs> you do as well, yeah. <laughs> so you know what? So do the nasty boys. You know, it's no wonder they have an affinity for tables. <laughs> you could say that about the Dudley boys as well but, could, to, yeah. but to be honest with you I wouldn't want the fucking Dudley boys just to come and move my fucking uh, furniture for me it's yeah. like Jesus Christ a day with Bully Ray no thanks <laughs> no sir yeah, 10 minutes is enough and even that's pushing it um, so WCW are just handing out title shots to random uh, random teams now which is great Hoovy uh, Starts the match with Rock with a body scissors arm drag and a springboard head scissors to the outside. But Hoovy comes out under for a baseball slide, completely bypassed and thrown into the guardrail. Uh, Hoovy thrown into the turnbuckle, desperately tags Technico in. But Technico's cut off straight away and double teamed off the middle rope from Grunge, who comes in with an elbow off the middle rope, obviously. Uh, all four men are in now after Hoovy stops the pin attempt from that elbow. Hoovy attempts a gut wrench, which was never going to work on a guy who's like 270 pounds. Uh, he goes over the top rope to the outside, allowing a two-on-one. Oh, Jesus Christ. The way he fucking launches over that top rope. He's got like 10 feet in the air. Oh, he, put does, a, he? he put a little bit too much salt and pepper on that. <laughs> yeah, Hoovy's just trying to impress anyone and everyone in here this time. He's oh, like, I, I, I can't imagine that he was like, oh yeah, I've got to get these guys over, brother. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking launch myself over the top rope, make them look like they're good. Yeah. Like, nobody's um, fucking doing that. But he, Billy, Kidman, <laughs> Billy Kidman's wrestling in, under a mask because he's fucking embarrassed to be wrestling these guys. <laughs> I bet you... I, I, I just... I can't buy any reason why he's in this fucking... This gear. It's like, it's the most ridiculous gear ever. Um, well, maybe second to Supercaro, but it, it's just ridiculous fucking gear. And... You know, he could just wrestle with Billy Kidman. He's probably like, no, it's early in my career. I don't want to be wrestling these fuckers, especially when I'm going to be doing the job. Yeah. <laughs> Put a mask on, why not? I, mean, I, w- I wouldn't mind as well. He's in fucking good shape, so he could have just gone for the pants and the mask, you know, and he's not tattoos. He's not, you know, distinguishing features or anything like that. Nobody's going to say, oh, that's Billy Kidman. They're just, just, just fucking, I don't know. If, if you remove his top, he looks a little bit more... Uh, well, I don't know. He's going to look more defined, and I don't know. I can take him more seriously instead of this fucking pajama set that he's actually wearing right now. Like, fuck me. Anyway, Hoovy, as you've just said, yeah, a lot of salt and pepper onto the outside, and the camera doesn't even cut down. To be fair, so it was completely pointless putting that salt and pepper on there. He may as well have just fucking lightly bumped it and just fucking stayed out of the ring. I'm pretty sure he needed a fucking pilot license to fly like that. Like it's fucking ridiculous, TV. Like it's no wonder he struggled with injuries. If he's yeah. doing shit like that, yeah. For the fucking public enemy, I can't underscore that enough. For the no. public enemy, you're doing that for. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> uh, Technicore is obviously at the mercy of public enemy now in a two-on-one situation, and it's a. Uh, I believe it was the sense on off the shoulders of Rock giving Grunge the three count. Yeah, but it's uh, it's called a drive-by drive-by. I did, I did not know about before this episode either. 
yeah, to- Tony actually went, that's a drive-by. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, right. I thought he was just making a passive remark. No. <laughs> I, I, I would say one thing, right? As bad as this match was, I didn't mind the finish. Because it, yeah. it was quite inventive. Like, yeah. Basically, what happens is uh, one of them, I can't remember which fucking of these twats did this, but... The uh, they turned they turned uh, technicals mask around to confuse him. It's so, like just something so simple like that. I do like it's just yeah. it's shit out trickery. <laughs> the best kind. Yeah, <laughs> we like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, Public Enemy have got three count. Obviously, it's still tag team champions of WCW. I'm not going to say the world. Yeah, because we're just giving title shots to anybody at this moment in time. It's just disappointing, really. By the way, technical is we're... placed on the table post match. Yeah. Right, I, I was actually about to say this. Like, remember when I said that Kidman was embarrassed to be wrestling the public enemy? Well, he wanted to get the fuck out of there at this point. You could tell <laughs> because when he's when he's on the table, he's giving him fucking he's giving Rock and Rock directions. He's waving his fucking arm and gesturing to fucking run and do the same song. <laughs> now that I didn't see. Yeah, his his left arm, he, he, you know, he's is uh, pointing towards the ring and he's just. Fucking constantly gesturing, like, you know, come on! Fucking do it! I want to get out of here! Right. <laughs> Not being paid by the hour. Yeah. Yeah, th- so that, yeah, that's pretty much it. Brian Soldier sent on through over the top rope onto the outside through Technicorn through the table as Larry says he wishes that was the Outsiders who they will face at Halloween Havoc. I do so not all know. I who do. Next tag team champions are. Yeah, I, I said that in my notes, like, you know, the Holm Heat dropped the titles. To uh, Public Enemy, so Public Enemy could drop them to the Outsiders. Yep, transitional me, champions. Yeah, to me, that makes no fucking sense. Because if I'm Harlem Heat, I'd be more embarrassed to drop the titles to Public Enemy than I would be to the Outsiders. That's the thing, yeah. So, I did think about this post-match, and I was thinking it is to preserve Harlem Heat, but it doesn't, because it's Public Enemy. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, <laughs> Booker T alone is more fucking, <laughs> more entertaining, more athletic, you know, just generally better than Public Enemy. So... Yeah, this transitional thing, unless they were holding off ultimately on, they wanted a Harlem Heat versus Outsiders big draw, which, to be fair, they are the two biggest tag teams in WCW. Yeah, I so, mean, that. And they didn't want to waste it at Halloween Havoc 1996. Yeah, so that makes sense. Public Enemy in there instead. <laughs> but, you know, there's other tag teams on the roster that you could have done that with. It's true. It is true. You yeah. know. But, yeah, whatever. I mean. It is. Like you said, transitional champions. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be dropping those titles to the outsiders very, very, very soon, and I can't wait. No, neither can I. Yeah, um, I, uh, tune in in a month when the fucking the outsiders are DQ'd and the public enemy is then. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be fucking eating my hat. Hey, dude, it could happen. The NWO could come down, and all shenanigans could happen. Yeah, I, I just really hope that somebody with some fucking sense should know that this isn't going to work. Fucking no. just. I, to be honest with you, I'd rather just uh, say, here you go, take them. <laughs> yeah, just roll over. Have them. Have them. <laughs> do, the thing the Paul, do the thing the Paul can do on, on us. Yeah. We'll do the job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two minutes and six seconds given to that one. Not long at all. No. Um, Hoovy looks like the star again, to be fair. Quick. Uh, we're bringing back the little snippet promos before matches now. Uh, I haven't seen these for a while, or if we have, they've, only, they've been very sparse. It's only been uh, one or two. Quick Iceman promo to promote the next match. There's a reason why they call him the Iceman, just in case you're wondering who the Iceman is. It's Dean Malenko. It's just the most bland promo you're ever going to hear in your life. Backstage, we've 
speaking of bland promos, um, the master of the bland promo, Chris Benoit, uh, Steve Mongo McMichael, and I've called it Debs, uh, with Tanay. Mongo isn't even due to be here, apparently, but he's here to keep the cohesion of the horsemen and to avoid divide and conquer. And Benoit, easily, his best promo since joining WCWE, says that St- uh, Rick Steiner has a long list of accolades and uh, compliments Rick, but says while he's a great wrestler, he's going to be coming up against the best later on tonight, and that the horsemen are perennial. It's not a bad promo from him, I thought of you. No stuttering, no, you know, no loss for words, as he normally is. Um, right. You say a good promo. It was all going well until he tried to pronounce the word elite. <laughs> because he says the horsemen are elite. <laughs> elite. Uh, just a question, Mark. Do you reckon uh, David Benoit is going to end up in all elite wrestling? Uh, yes. <laughs> Do you think he may end up joining the elite? Uh, yes. Do you believe he may actually make up the elite into wrestling? Like, I could just continue here. Yeah, you could. Right, <laughs> you could be just, here all night. What a fucking, what a fucking idiot! He <laughs> <laughs> leap. Man, I'll tell you, he can he can wrestle in Japan in front of fucking eighty thousand people and have no nerves whatsoever. Mm. But then you put a camera in his face. There's three other people, and he can't. He, he just the nerves get yeah. to him, and he just goes for a leap. Same with Mongo, because he said because uh, we were defending the honor of Randy Savage. He says it was one on sixty last week. I mean, there's not that many fucking members of the NWO yet, mate. No, give it, give it a not. year. Give it yeah. a year, mate. Fucking math, not your strong point. And bloody hell, Deborah, Deborah's promo is fucking more wooden than an idea flat pack. It's just <laughs> fucking awful. She no. made a Super Bowl reference that just went over my head. You know, he's got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, no, you tell us every fucking time he's on screen. He's got a Super Yes, we know. He wrestled, he wrestled. He was a footballer for the Chicago Bears. Now he's a wrestler. Can we please shut up about the fucking Super Bowl ring? It has absolutely nothing to do with this. Well, she does say, uh, and he got that by being a team player, which plays into, you know, keeping the horsemen together. And I I get that. I do get it. But having said that, like you said, yeah, the Super Bowl references are getting a bit tedious now. It's like, yeah, yeah. They're a fucking fucking tag team. It's it's like you're tagging in an hour, but when you're in the ring, you're on your own unless you're doing the fucking dirty business. It's like, I don't know much about fucking NFL or Chicago Bears or anything like that. But I imagine that when... uh, when bloody uh, Mongol punted upfield, fucking somebody went putting one of his opponents in the bloody figure four, or bloody <laughs> s- whacking a shoe wha- uh, in somebody's eye, or fucking throwing coffee in the face, or doing eye or some shit. It's so, like they're not doing fucking distraction techniques, are they? This isn't fucking. This isn't fucking Chelsea, you know. We- oh man, fucking hell. That's what the XFL should have been. Like, that that would have been so good. Fucking hell, I'd have watched that shit. Wow. So do I. <laughs> but yeah, it's just kind of like, you, you really are laying it on really fucking thick. Oh, and man. you're grasping, grasping to tie this Super Bowl ring into wrestling. It's like, and I'm just like, I get that little bit, but it still makes very little sense mm. to me. Like, just stop it. We get it. He's, he's got a Super Bowl ring. So have many others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Bring back this- Kevin Green. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he should be back pretty soon. Actually, come to think hey. of it, can't be far off. Um, next up, what you wish for, Brian? <laughs> NWO segment where uh, the boys are apparently start. So this is this is a mess. This uh, <laughs> you you think? <laughs> I expect I expect more from these fucking produced NWO promos because yes, right. all right. The, the part you said on... produces produce. <laughs> 
they, uh, they, that just reminds me of the fucking Hulk Hogan promo right for it. Moochie, moochie, fucking whatever he says. <laughs> so they, like, they've, <laughs> they've made this to try and make it look like it's live, but it's obvious that it isn't to me. Um, it's been inserted, hurt, that's what she said, and it's not um, polished in any way, shape, or form. A lot of it is really just incoherent. Uh, and I know that there's booze on the table and I'd like to blame the booze, but I'm really not. I'm, bl- I'm just blaming the fact that there is no fucking structure here whatsoever. Anyway, the oh, boys probably welcome really? WCW back from Japan uh, and they're not even back yet. So one, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Nash does say in an audible bit that Deborah McMichael wants him and wants him real bad. Yeah, and that's literally the only wrestling reference from Kevin Nash because yeah. uh, he just randomly questions if you've ever seen Bill Murray and Ross Perot in the same room. What yeah. the fuck have they got to do with wrestling? That's it. I just a, don't a, a, a Hollywood actor and a politician. Yeah. Like, who, by the way, I looked at Ross Perot, he looks, does not look like Bill Murray. <laughs> not in the 90s anyway. He doesn't look like Bill Murray at all. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Lost. What the fuck, Kevin? Not international. This is this is part of the well, I said part of the issue. This is probably the only thing that I have a problem with Kevin Nash about. It's just, it, obviously he's American, so it's funny to everybody in America. But there's, there's nothing international about this. But, I don't know if that's Bill Murray. American. It made no fucking sense. Yeah, there is that as well. Oh, and yeah. by the way, as it, as this uh, segment fades out, you just hear Kevin Nash on your uh, Bill Murray. Like what? 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 What is your obsession with Bill Murray? To be fair, I'm obsessed with Bill Murray. I love him. <laughs> I do. He's like one of my favourite actors, to be fair. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we all love Bill Murray, but... At this point, like, I'm not even listening to what they're saying because they're all trying to talk over each other and the shouting and whatever else. And I just basically note down how scary it is that the NWO Sting looks like Sting here. Um, he's wearing a Sting shirt, which don't really make no sense to me, but whatever. Uh, and the other thing, and this is pretty morbid, uh, what's even scarier is that the only person that's dead in this scene is... Uh, the kid, the youngest one, Nick. Like, how messed up is that? Scott Hall's there, and all the shit that he's been through, you'd think, whoa, like, he'd be the first to go, no, it's not, it's, it's little Nick. What the fuck? What the fuck? Right. I did not know that. Nick? Yeah, Nick died, didn't he? I'm sure he did. He died in a car crash. I know he was in a in a car crash. Um, Unless I've got that completely wrong. No, no, he's, he's still much alive and kicking. Is he? Oh, I thought he was dead. No, he was involved in a car crash. But yeah, he's he's still very much alive. So, you know, very fucking morbid though, Mike. Was morbid, yeah. Fucking hell, I might have to edit that one out. Uh, (laughs) Edit 103, Nick's not dead. (laughs) Please leave that in. I am. am. (laughs) Whoopsie daisies. Apologies, Nick, if you're listening. You aren't, but never mind. (laughs) Also, apologies to NWO, particularly Kevin Nash, who's just uh, talking about random shit, considering we spent the first fucking 45 minutes of this episode talking about random shit. (laughs) Who the fuck are we to talk? Hypocrites, yes. Uh, Right, yeah. But we don't tune into WCW to to hear American um, jokes, do we? Whereas people, I think people have realised now, if you're on, what are we on? It's episode 55 of Nitro, so it must be episode 36 of the podcast itself. Um, yeah. Who's keeping count? <laughs> yeah, who's keeping count anymore? Just, just me when I, when when they go on to Red Circle. Uh, but yeah, you guys know what to expect now because yeah, we're just British. So, and if you don't get it, just tweet us at NitrogenCast. Just let us know. We'll we'll make sure that we explain the joke and give context because again, like we do, I, I do feel like we give context to a lot of things. You know, even like it'd be an inside joke between me and you, and then we'll actually actually explain what's produced that. And if we can't explain it, then we'll just say, yeah, that's just a job for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're, we're going to jump into a match here now. Alex Wright versus Dean Malenko. 1-4. Four. 
um, the big man over there to, to to celebrate over because it's the first time we've seen in Alex uh, we've seen Alex Wright for a while, and of course um, against Steve yeah, Lanko, so not so yeah, bad. You, um, it's been a while since we've seen Alex Wright in singles competition because he he did have a match against uh, Chris Jericho a few weeks ago, and then he I'm pretty sure he ran a tag match after that, but yeah, he hasn't been seen for for a few weeks. Mm. So, but yeah, it's a shame. But yeah, anyway, uh, Dean Lanko versus Alex Wright. I'm pretty sure I said this about. Looking a hundred times on this on this bloody podcast, dream match, yes. fucking dream match. Like you know, I was absolutely salivating when I saw the match card for this. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Dean Lincoln versus Alex Wright. I'm all for this. Yeah, uh, Dean, uh, as he's making his entrance, has Rey Mysterio's mask, and apparently during an interview with Tony on Saturday night, Dean yanked it off Ray. Tony says he threw a coat on him to cover him up, which I remarks, why is he that ugly? Oh. <laughs> Poor Ray Mysterio. Oof. Uh, Larry's got a couple of singers tonight. He is off on tonight. Yeah, I'm impressed with Larry. Yeah. Also disappointed with the the uh, with the Cleveland Ohio crowd here because they boo Alex Wright, and I just said fuck you guys. Seriously. Yeah. Um, anyway, Beth did, just to add, Beth did pick up on that as well. She said, "Oh right, they're booing him because he's German," which is absolutely true. Yeah, that makes Wankers. sense. Yeah. Wankers. Yeah. Anyway. We'll start with some Greco-Roman chain wrestling and exchanging submissions. The pace picks up with some lovely exchanging chin-block takedowns. Wright is keeping up well with Malenko, showing there's more in his locker than aerial ability, which, honestly, I really enjoy about this match. Yeah. Malenko gets the upper hand with a gut wrench suplex. Oh, fucking hell, I lost my bloody second paper here. Oh, there it is. Yep, I'll, I'll say that again. Malenko gets the upper hand with a gut wrench suplex as we head to the break. Back to the action with Wright on top. But Malenko shuts his momentum right down, dumping him outside and Irish whipping him into the guardrail. Malenko takes a moment to dress the ring post with Ray's mask, but Wright takes advantage of his lack of concentration with a slingshot sunset flip. But Malenko, for once, successfully hits a fist drop. I mean, I don't think we've seen that so far. No. Every time he takes <laughs> that, he hits the mat. So, well done, Dean Malenko. You've done something right for once. You know, <laughs> you just, you've done everything right, but you've actually done that move right, should I say. I think I'm, I think I'm gassed. Uh, we get a camera pan to the mask on the post, and Larry says, it looks better on the pole. <laughs> he hates Mysterio so much. <laughs> Just fucking brilliant. Uh, poor Ray Mysterio, I can't say enough. There's a flurry of moves as Wright fires up, clubbing walls and uppercuts in the corner, then a lovely flatjack, which Malenko bumps really fucking hard. Like, he, again, he just, he was... Taking a leaf out of Hooven to Guerrero's fucking butt there. Yeah. Just the way he just he just put a little bit too much salt and pepper on that. It, it actually looks like it hurt him a little bit. Back into the corner with more overcuts. We get the finish soon after with a dizzyingly fast sequence. I'm trying to describe this. Right leverage, leverages a leap over Lenko in the corner and hits a snappy wheel kick. An Irish whip into the corner sets up a running uppercut, which is avoided by Malenko, who climbs up onto the top rope as quick as a cat, and I mean, fucking snappy as the crow fires it up on the fucking top rope. I can't even remember how he got up there. No. That's how fucking quick it was. He attempts a diving crossbody, but eats the mat, and Wright takes advantage with a quick roll-up for the upset. Um, a strange match, uh, in many ways, because never really hit many of those signature moves. Like, there's no Tiger Driver, there's no Brain Buster, a German Suplex, or Texas Cowboy from Lankor. Yeah. And Wright doesn't even hit a drop kick in this match, and he doesn't really do his many, many bloody aerial maneuvers. Mm. But it was a decent match. Well, for yeah. what it was. It wasn't brilliant, but it was a good match. And because the it was a shot finish, and they didn't really hit all the big moves, it leaves the door open for a rematch, which we're definitely not going to get. <laughs> yeah. 
Because <laughs> every time I said that, so far, it's like, leaves the door open. That door gets fucking shut straight away as soon as I say it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like WCW. Um, yeah, I'm I, all right with it. It was, it was pretty good. Yeah. So I'm glad that we'll never get to see him wrestle ever again. Uh, five minutes and 17 seconds, Alex, getting the uh, pinfall. Did, did have a slight issue with the finish because, well... Yeah, it's cheap. Uh, Dean's shoulders up. Uh, I, know I, 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 know I, I miss but, that actually. I'm nitpicking. I know, fucking hell. But because it's I enjoyed the, it that much, I'm uh, I'm willing to give it a pass. It's WCW referees, isn't it? But there you go. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Speaking of the refs. <laughs> see, <yeah. laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, Macho highlights from Saturday night. Uh, Elizabeth comes out as Macho's coming off the top rope with an elbow on Big Bubba. Uh, Macho throws the referee out and goes for a second one, but Nick Patrick comes in and takes the right hand to the face. Uh, obviously, Elizabeth coming out again is, is like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, next up, Tanae Tan- Tan- introduces the Macho Man, uh, and we get you, the theme. You completely overlooked that the fucking Sam- uh, Savage went all fucking crazy on the referees as well. Well, yeah, I said he threw him out, didn't I? But yeah, yeah, yeah he, he's gone all fucking ballistic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he also fucking beats up with the uh, Nick Patrick. Oh, yeah, he jumps on him after the right hand. Yes. Yeah, of course he fucking does. Yeah, yeah, fucking hell. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'd say poor Nick Patrick, but I, I just don't have that sympathy for the guy. No, not really. Um, but though, it, to be honest with you, it does lead to quite a couple of funny moments from Nick Patrick tonight. <laughs> yeah. So I'm all for it. Uh, well, yeah, the, the Macho Man doesn't come out for his uh, his scheduled interview with Mike Tanay. Unfortunately, they panned around the crowd and they let the, the theme run, but Tanay has to announce that well, we're going to take a break uh, we don't know where Macho Man is. And as we come back, uh, sorry, as we go into a break, we get a very respectful promo from Eddie Guerrero to uh, Jim Powers. Uh, and then when we come back from the break, sorry, no, no, hang on, during the break. <laughs> this is probably the highlight of the night, to be fair, this. Uh, there's a Macho promo for the Hall- for Slim Jim Presents Halloween Havoc. Let's get the fucking name right, boys. <laughs> um... Oh, there's a lot here. I don't know where to start, to be honest. I fucking love this. I thought it was ace. It was. It went way too fucking long. It was It was a long one, but fuck, it's better than probably 70% of the matches that I've seen on WCW Nitro so far yeah, in, I, the, I, I was, in this entire podcast. <laughs> I said that this is a funding net, but it goes on way too long, and they start retreading, uh, retreading the same water. Yeah. But after the rest of the show, I'm like, you know what? That was actually probably the best part of the show, really. <laughs> you know, it would just... Because it, he's just going on and on and on. And he's just bringing out line after line after line. And it's all fun. And then you think it's over. And then you see fucking Ric Flair. Yeah. And Ric Flair just starts a fucking promo on him. And yeah. it's completely... I, I couldn't even make out a word that Ric Flair was saying. He's like, ah, da, 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 da. like what are you talking? What are you saying? Like, <laughs> even the subtitles just kept coming up indistinct. You oh, know? man, you had the... The subtitles on as well. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't make anything that he was saying. And Savage, they just basically, you can tell. The, the good thing about it is you can tell that him and Savage generally have a real life respect for each other. Yeah. And they're enjoying it because Rick Flurry is trying not to corpse. <laughs> and he's failing and he's got this big shit eating grin on his fucking face. Oh, oh. man. It's good That's... to see him have fun. Yeah, so we're gonna, we, we, obviously we've got to detail this, uh, add the context to it. Basically, uh, this is, uh, it's obviously a tie-in promo, slash, it's a competition, slash sweepstake, whatever you want to fucking call it, which is Macho Man, because Slim Jim's the sponsor, um, promoting that you can win, uh, you can win an all-expenses-paid trip 
by whoever's paying the bill. I don't fucking know. It's probably not WCW because WCW hasn't even mentioned like once in this fucking thing. Um, to Las Vegas, to the MGM Grand, to see Halloween Havoc 1996, uh, and you get to spend multiple days there. But you also stand the chance of winning a monster truck, which which Macho absolutely gleefully tells us, <laughs> monster, get it, because it's Halloween, yeah? All the while, around him, there's little plastic dangly spiders, there's fucking uh, tombstones, there's uh, mass, uh, sorry, mass, uh, veiled corpses, brides, and uh, all all the cheesy fun stuff. That he's basically expect. in the WCW prop warehouse. He, he is, yeah, yeah, he's in the Halloween section of the prop warehouse, absolutely. Um <laughs> And he's just spitting off line after line after line after line. Um, and you can tell he did the always in one take as well. Yeah, uh, he puts a he puts a wolf mask on and he says, "Oh, I'm now." He's <laughs> <laughs> like he's having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I don't know if we, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. Like, but <laughs> at some point, Ric Flair does end up in a mental asylum. So, and I, I'm pretty sure that it should have been Macho at this point. Like, this is like this is probably one of Macho's dreams, actually. So he calls himself the the, the, the Macho Wolfman Randy Savage with this fucking this mask on. Wolfman Randy Savage, sort of cutting the promo to the fucking screen, like right up in in the camera's grill. Uh, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ric Flair comes in with two ladies, uh, stands at, at the end of a... Uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure he's standing at the end of a car or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the two have kind of like a, a, a face-off, if you like, from a distance, socially distanced face-off during Halloween. Um, and Flair wants in on the competition and the sweepstake. But Macho says, uh, yeah, any, anybody can win this competition, but uh, the only thing that he's signing Ric Flair up for is one hell of a fight the next time they get a chance to face-off. He also threatens to crush Ric Flair like a pumpkin. Yeah, oh man. I mean, if he if he could have done this all in one take, and you can tell where where they've cut and where they started and where they've cut and where they started, if he could have done this all in one take, this would go down as the greatest promo. Yeah, this little bit, this little bit isn't one take. Everything preceded it, that precedes it. You can tell that Randy Savage just did. He, he didn't have a script. He's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm just gonna fuck it. I'm gonna shoot the shit. That's <laughs> all I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna say, I'll, I've got my bullet points. I'll, I'll get. I'll get the competition, I'll plug the competition, yada, yada, yada. But I'm just going to, like, run with it. Like, freestyle yeah. fucking jazz. This like, is it's just, just insanely good. <laughs> it, it just really is. It goes on long, but it's just fun. You'll be able to check out our uh, Instagram. I'm going to try and put it up there as one of the, the reels. I'm still trying to figure out, like, reels and shit like that since the update. Um, and hopefully that will stay there. But, yes, guys, you've got to check it out. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be on YouTube. Um, because obviously Slim Jim and WWE will probably be at odds over it but it's well worth a watch it's well worth seeing uh, anything else to add about it Brian before no, we move just, on I'm just like <laughs> it, it... oh I have to mention one more thing sorry uh, on. his, his outfit as snap in yes yeah, just oh my god I forgot about that fuck me <laughs> Straight away, as soon as you come in, it's like, oh, this is a Slim Jim promo. We know straight away because all he's got is just black and purple and he's in the macho gear, but it says snap in, snap in, snap in, snap in everywhere. Love it. Fucking love it. Because all the women like the snappy dress men, yeah. <laughs> um, I am burping like a motherfucker, so I have to apologise <laughs> to get through, like... Well... Stop burping now, because I think you're taking this one as well, aren't you? Oh, Jesus Christ, I struggled with the last match. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've got Eddie Guerrero versus Jim Powers with Teddy Long, which is really fucking weird. Like, Teddy Long is managing everybody now. 
Yeah, he is. Yeah, and and it, and it doesn't matter if they're faces or heels because Jim Powers is pretty much a heel here. Yeah, it's I, I just Teddy Long. Uh, you know, I, yeah, it's just Teddy Long. Hard to not be the heel to be fair when it's Eddie Guerrero you're facing. <laughs> I know, but it's like Jim Powers every every appearance he has been the heel. And yeah, yeah, it, it's just really weird. But pairing with Teddy Long, just I don't understand it personally. Cheap heat. Yeah, uh, eh, pretty much. Uh, Eddie gets pyro here. Well, I mean Goldberg levels of pyro. It's like <laughs> it, it disappears. Yeah. It don't help that he's wearing all white. But yeah, he just fucking disappears and he comes out for it. You know, just uh, kind of hoping that he would just spit some sparkles out his mouth, right? But yeah, he doesn't do that. I mean, that would that would have been a cool aesthetic, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, decent standing exchanges as Nick Patrick watches on in a fucking neck brace, <laughs> and I mean the most obnoxious fucking neck brace I have ever seen. It, it's like a fucking uh, like a, a Dracula fucking collar on him. It's huge. It is big. It's like a fucking donut. You know them donuts that people sit on when they got hemorrhoids. It's like he just got <laughs> oh. st- stuck around his neck. Like Mike. Mike. I mean, he's <laughs> fallen over in an airport and just. just <laughs> stuck. I don't know. Why does it need to be that big for fuck's sake? You're wearing a blue fucking shirt. We can see. You know what I mean? Just have a fucking normal neck brace on a white one. You'll be fine. Uh, Jesus Christ! Uh, this is this is something that's a common thread in wrestling. I feel like they can't just have a normal neck brace. They have to make it bigger. Because I remember when uh, Steve Austin, uh, when he in KFA got knocked down when he got run over. It's like when he had a sit down interview with Jim Ross. He's there with this massive fucking neck brace. It's halfway up the back of his fucking head. He can't move his neck. Probably because he did legit have to have neck surgery at that point. He had neck fusion surgery. So he was gone. That's why he was gone. That's why he was written off TV. He was fucking struggling. So this net, this net uh, brace was, it was there for a purpose. But this isn't the fucking net brace he's wearing from day to day life. It, it's no. just, it, it's simply not. No. This is a prop net brace, and it, all you could just see is his chin resting on the top of it, and he just <laughs> looks, he looks so uncomfortable. It's so weird. And then, um, and this one sticks in my mind because I was watching the event uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, from Royal Rumble 2001. In the lead up to it, China in storyline breaks her neck. And she has an obnoxiously sized neck brace. <laughs> but what gets me even better, and this, honestly, one of my fucking favourite segments of wrestling. I, I can't just Every time I see this, I howl with laughter. Even just this small recap of it is. China's doing a sit-down interview with uh, Jim Ross, and she's breaking down saying, I'm probably not going to wrestle anymore, Jim Ross. Yeah. I'm probably not going to wrestle. Uh, I'm getting given the option to uh, have surgery and retire, or not have surgery and retire, and it's just not fair. And, uh, uh, you know, and it's pure emotional and things like that, and real good acting. But Ivory and Val Venus, who were doing the Raptor Sensei uh, gimmick at the time, yeah. actually mock it. And... <laughs> Ivory is putting on this great performance again, um, really fucking obnoxious size with a uh, neck brace on her. And Val Venus is there dressed in the same red shirt that Jim Ross would wear and the, the most massive fucking cowboy hat. And he's just looking unconcerned. And just that visual, it gets me every time because he looks yeah. fucking ridiculous. He's like, he looks <laughs> nothing like Jim Ross and he actually made an attempt to. Oh, it's just fucking brilliant. And Ivory's acting is just so fucking ham-fisted as well. It's just brilliant. Yeah, uh, again, like, I, I, I'm probably just going to like get that and put it on my Twitter and just say, you know what, watch this, because it's just fun. 
It's just funny. But yeah, the neck brace, it now that I think about it, probably my favourite wrestling prop at the moment. <laughs> you know, just like, because just, I'm just thinking of all these times where someone's worn it and it's always fucking huge. I'm pretty sure there's many more incidents. Like, they don't, they don't do this with like, uh, with the, when someone does the uh, arm broken gimmick, they don't have a fucking huge bloody cast on them. It's just like a normal cast. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it's the visual effects and, I think that's it. It's to give it emphasis, isn't it? Yeah. Especially in 96 or even, like you said, 2001, where it's not HDTV. Yeah. It's still CRT TVs and shit like that. But it just looks comical. And in yeah. particular, it looks comical on Nick Patrick because he looks so uncomfortable with it on. He, he legitimately doesn't look like he can turn his neck. I don't know if this is good acting or not, but, you know, he's it, it, just, just there. And he later on in the night, he says something to the camera, and I don't know what it is, but he is... It's the neck brace. The brace is almost covering his fucking mouth as he's talking. Yeah, you know he's like, <laughs> like he's been fucking kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. But the look again, the eyes when he just looks on. It, oh god, again, you just have to take that screen cap and put it on Instagram. Fucking, just fucking hilarious. <laughs> As a side note, I've just I've just realised that that's a fucking great me- a meme. You know that meme? It's the I don't know what TV show it's from, but it's the girl. It says that's the thing that got me. Those eyes, those damn eyes. And I'm gonna put Nick Patrick in there. <laughs> Has to be done. <laughs> right, uh, a match uh... <laughs> with Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> now that we've got all that out of the way. Uh... <laughs> Eddie, oh, hit, Eddie hits a drop kick and a slingshot sentence splash for a close goal. The match devolves into a brawl before Powers gets a nice belly to belly suplex for a two count. Corner offence and a warrior for another two. Long Ching Lock, not Teddy Long, it's just a long Ching Lock rest all now as the NWO street team enter the stands with the propaganda. They're just like coming down the steps and then they are obscuring everybody's view by just walking in front of them with all these picket signs. Feel sorry for people that actually appear to come and watch this, by the way, just for that. But then again, it's a Jim Powers match. I mean, you're only missing Eddie Guerrero here. Yeah. <laughs> Two more Wong reverse chin lock wrestles. Powers is playing the heel here, despite Wong aligning with faces. Why did I mention that? Aurelius cut off, and we get some dull offence until Powers hits a lovely superplex to absolutely no fucking reaction from the crowd. They are completely dead. Yeah. Absolutely dead. Eddie gets the win from a German suplex, but it's confusing whether Powers had his shoulders down or not, and it takes too long for the bell to ring. And I mean, <laughs> it's so quiet, they just stood face to face, and Nick Patrick's is like, like uh, and then he does the bell ringing thing. Like, mm. And yeah, I was like, who's won here? Has he won or has he been disqualified? Is Nick Patrick just doing some story? No, 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 Eddie Guerrero uh, wins, and a replay shows that his shoulders were not down. So, there we go. Uh, Wong gets in Patrick's face and tells him he needs to go back to referee school. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And then, Teddy Wong raises Powers' arm. You lost, guys. Why are you raising his arm? And it's like, yeah, I'm the first after all as well. It's just like, yeah, weird match. Poor. Just really poor. Uh, nothing more to say about it. Not really. Um... No, uh, just... Jim Powers, he, he, he's just not that good. He has a couple of good manoeuvres, but he spent most of that match just doing wrestles, and it's just it was just dull. But I will say one thing. Remember that conversation about uh, wrestle is her? 
that we had a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. I throw Jim Powers into the mix. Because he, do, he does have his hair tied up, but when it, but he loses his, uh, his band, and when he starts flowing, I'm like, yeah, nice man, though, no? nice man. So he hasn't got much, but he's got nice hair. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just uh, a little bit more to add in this one. Matt Gafari in the crowd again. Still don't know who he is. No, neither <laughs> do I. No, he was the Olympic silver medalist, wasn't Matt, he, or something like that. By the way, didn't even take that note. No. Um, as you said, the NWO signs continue to make their presence known. Uh, sloppy finish. Yeah, this is... Oh, okay. Uh, it probably won't, but it might set up Nick Patrick versus Teddy Long in some way, shape or form. Uh, and I'm back in Teddy. Yes, I'll be all for that. Yeah. Maybe I do, just... know, I do know at some point that Nick Patrick does wrestle, but I can't remember who he wrestles. Oh, God. <laughs> and it might not even be 1996, to be fair. So. Oh, well, well, I know he wrestles in 2001 against Earl Hebner. Yeah, it's before that. He wrestles in WCW, yeah. 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 Um, I, six I, I, minutes I, I, and 27 I, seconds, Brian. Oh, yeah. Very one match as well. I did Fuck. forget to note that. Yes. <laughs> it felt like double that time. <laughs> I mean, poor Andy Guerrero, because he gets very little offence in that match. Yeah, he does. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, but... Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Teddy versus uh, uh Nick Patrick, but I like... Oh, honestly, after what he said... I'd like to have these vignettes of, like, you know, Teddy Long with a towel on his shoulder, you know, and in a tracksuit, coaching Nick Patrick how to referee. <laughs> you know, similar vignettes with Kevin Green and Mongo that we had earlier in the year. Yeah, I'd like to see something like that. <laughs> yeah. Tony does, he does mention, doesn't he, obviously, Teddy Long started as a referee, so he knows how, blah, 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 and all the rest of it. I, yeah. dude, I don't know, they might be setting it up. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what happens here, because this kind of storyline isn't the kind of storyline that I'd be paying attention to when I'm fucking 12 years old or whatever so yeah and, and when Teddy Long leaves I'm pretty sure that's coming up in the next year um, he goes to WWE and becomes a referee of course he does yeah of course yeah, yeah. I completely forgot about that yeah because I remember I remember seeing him and by the way when he was become uh, when he became general manager I knew literally fuck all about the guy mm. like I, I general manager of Smackdown by the way not Nitro fucking hell uh, yeah when he became general manager of Smackdown in 2004 like I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? Why are they making such a big deal about yeah. him? Like, you know, it's like Mike Adamley again, all over again. And like, you know, when he became a commentator for WWE, I'm like, who? Mm. You know, uh, I said commentator. He could fucking commentate to save his fucking life. <laughs> but yeah, um, Shit. obviously, I haven't seen WWE for a few years when when I actually started catching up with with that and went to anyone. But yeah, I just remember him being the referee. He was just like going back and just saw him as a referee, and I'm like, okay, so he, he was a referee. And I was a general manager. Mm. Okay, weird. But oh yeah, obviously there's so much more to the man. One, yeah, he's all bases. Yeah, he's got a long fucking history in wrestling. Yeah, totally. Where is he now anyway? Uh, he's just retired now. Oh, right. You know, he's just living a happy life. He's in the WWE Hall of Fame now. And yeah. just, yeah, he, he, he does probably make the odd appearance. And uh, yeah, he's been on a couple of podcasts and that, but... Yeah, he's uh, he's just quietly living out uh, living out the rest of his days uh, back in Georgia or wherever he lives. I'm assuming it's Georgia. I think it's Georgia anyway. Makes sense. Yeah. I, 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 all can all can imagine he's like he's in that fucking massive bloody uh, massive red bloody uh, Butlins fucking <laughs> sports jacket that he wore at the Hall of Fame. Like I, I just imagine that he's just sat down in his house wearing that. Fucking Butlins. Oh because it, to be to be fair, he looked fucking awesome when he got inducted to the Hall of Fame. He really did. Yeah. 
<laughs> for anybody looking for context on that one, just look up Butlins Red Courts or something <laughs> like that. I mean, that's what they're actually called, aren't they? The Red Courts. Yes. As a, as a, as a group. Oh, man. Basically what that train driver used to be uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, fucking hell, that worried. That, that, that's a story for another day. Oh, dear. Um, next up, NWO promo. Once again, one of these vignettes uh, that they filmed, or segments, I don't know, what do you want to call it? It could be anything these days. Um, there's a knock on the door, the nasties have arrived, and swiftly following them is room service. Yeah, that's right. The nasties and food arrived together. Um, <laughs> no fucking surprise there. <laughs> That's horrible, isn't it? That's really horrible. I just don't like them. No. Uh, Nobody does. In, in this video, it probably lasts for like two minutes. People are just shouting and telling jokes that we don't get still. So it's just a continuation of the last one, except we've added two wankers. Sags gets on the table and spreads his butt cheeks to imitate Eric Bischoff talking. Fucking uh, pathetic. It is pathetic, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just all over the place. And not. I can't really give you much more detail. No. Because no. it is just all over the place. Yep. It, it's just one big mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, sorry. I've got a beard here in my mouth. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Uh, today with Arn, Woman and Liz in the backstage area. Fucking hell, that is so weird, because verbatim, that is what I wrote. Today with Arn, Woman and Liz. <laughs> I don't use Elizabeth. Like, I don't really abbreviate names that much. You know, I, I'm more like just either a first name or a last name or a whole name. But yeah, Liz, it's always Liz. It's always Liz, yeah, yeah. So the yeah. issue, the issue with like, I, I'm the same. I, I try not to abbreviate, but I, I do with some people. Um, like later on again, Barbarian, it's just Barb because <laughs> Barb things. I know things are happening so quickly. It's just like well, I've just got to go with Barb. So yeah. <laughs> what are you doing on Sunday, Barb? You catching the weird guy named Barb? <laughs> it's lovely to see you, Bob. <laughs> say hi to the grandkids, Bob. I was going to say we probably wouldn't speak to Bavarian like that, would we? <laughs> no, exactly. You just made it. You've just completely demasculated the guy. That's a difficult task, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and you did it in one fell sweep. There you go. Well Master. done. All um, I, 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 I can imagine is fucking um, uh, George Bush Senior. Because his wife would call Barb, and that's what he used to call him in The Simpsons, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think of Barbara Streisand. That's a South Park thing. Oh. I'm sure somebody calls her Barb in that. Um, Tanae says that the horseman... Uh, say, wait. All right, Tanae says that the only horseman representative last week was actually Liz. Uh, Arn then takes a moment to talk to Liz and mentions... He completely bypasses Mike Tanae with his little trolley comment. Um talks to Liz and mentions that after la- the last pay-per-view that they all had a talk about pulling together after Liz may have had some feelings re-emerging for the macho man. Arn wants cohesion, as Mongo was saying earlier on, they want cohesion in the horseman. Uh, woman actually gets a bit of time on the microphone here and says that business is business and questions Liz's loyalty to the horseman with her decisions. Uh, right. She's pre- pretty mad. Uh, I've, I've got a problem with this. It's like Liz is calling... Uh, sorry. Woman is calling Liz out for... Seeking, uh, you know, coming to the aid of Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. She did the exact same thing with Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan, yes, yes. Didn't even think of that, but now you've said it, yeah. I know heels are meant to be hypocrites, but in this storyline that we've got going on right now, they're they're not really hi- uh, they're not really heels. Mm-hmm. They're they're tweeners at best because we are on their side. They may still be doing heel antics, but we we're pretty much on their side. I mean, like I said earlier on. Mongo came, uh, you know, came to the defense of Randy Savage and said yeah. what will happen last week was really, it was awful and, and all that. 
And even even here, Orin is like, he's not really painting Savage as the enemy. He's painting yeah. Liz as the enemy for going to her, going to his aid. Mm. But any other time that, that, that Savage has come up recently, they've all really just been defending him because he's team WCW. It's... They're just trying to, like... I don't know, they're just... They're just teasing Liz as a fucking heel for some reason. Just like a, a defector or, or whatever, just for the sake of a little bit of added drama. But I think it's the wrong person to do it with, personally. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather they would have done this with woman. Or Deborah. Totally. Or, yeah. or even Deborah, you know. Fuck it, do it with Mongo, but not with Liz. Mm. Liz doesn't have a heel bone in her fucking body. I mean, here's the thing, like, I, I was thinking about this yesterday, like, Liz has been with the heel faction, but she's not really been a heel. Like, she, okay, yeah, she's done the odd thing, right, you know, odd heelish fucking thing, but I've never really thought of her as a heel. All I thought of her is as this poor woman that's been fucking manipulated by the horseman because she has Randy Savage's money. Yeah. You know, she's just a pawn. She's not a heel. Yeah. She's not a heel. She's just being, you know, she, yeah, not even that. She's just, she's being mentally abused by these guys. Yeah. That's how I've always seen it. And now they're t- turning around and saying, oh, yeah, you, 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 you're not with us. You, you know, you're, you're, clearly, you're clearly up to no good. It's like, well, you've manipulated this poor woman for her money. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, for Savage's money, as they've said over and over and over again. You know, it's, it's just, you're, the, you're the guys that are in the wrong here, not her. Yeah. Yeah, and she's getting the fucking, she's getting the shit here. Um, it's gaslighting. Gaslighting. Fair. Uh, She was supposed to be taking time off as well, but she was in WCW territory watching over the Macho Man. Um, They do mention that as well. Next up, uh, match here, Hugh Morris versus Brad Armstrong. Yeah, this is going to be a zinger. Yeah, Uh, rematch of the century. Yeah, countdown starts uh, during the match as they take forever to tie up. Brad dodging the collar and elbow twice. uh, But Morris gets in uh, with plenty of strikes to start. Corner elbow attempt misses. Brad gets in a couple of big moves before the fireworks hit for hour two and Eric Bischoff takes over. Uh, Matt Tanay is brought in to ask where the macho man is after the uh, no-show of the interview earlier on, but he says that he doesn't know. Brain then says, if he's not here, then there's a reason for it because he's always there for an interview. Uh, in the ring, Morris is back on the offensive as Bischoff is saying that the nasties are guppies. Uh, and that they're dumb if they think that Hogan is their friend and that they're part of the NWO, which is... Bang on. It's easier, but nobody gave a fuck. Yeah, bang on, but yeah, uh, I, I, I... Yeah, I don't give a shit if they're fucking friends with Hogan or not. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of comeback spots for Brad, but Morris uh, is there with the clothesline and again slows it down. There's a couple of body slams. Uh, Morris with the finisher from the top and again from the opposite one. So it takes two finishes here, two moon salts from the top rope. Got to give it to Morris. He's, he fucking can do a fucking moonsault. Yeah. Um, no laughing matter. Really good moonsault. Really yes, fucking good. I'd completely forgot the name of it, so thank you for that. <laughs> uh, four minutes and 15 seconds to this. Not not good. Just setting up the commentary to sort of get into it, ease yeah, into it, and talk the, about anything but the match. The only thing I really noted about this is that Hugh Morris has got new gear. He's ditched the tights and now he's got a singlet, which is black with a lot of question marks on the back and the, the fucking theatre heads on the front. Literally it. Nothing special, just you know, just covering up that belly. To be honest with you, it's an improvement. I think, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, cause I think I, he, I think he uses that move going forward as well. Yeah, it, 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 it 
I'm not saying that this, like, you know, uh, because he's a heavy set guy. I'm just saying, like, he just never suited the tights. Yeah. You know, I, I, you can have shirtless people in wrestling. Fucking Keith Lee. Keith Lee looks a fucking boss without a shirt on. You fucking cover that, that belly up and it just doesn't look right, which WWE did. But, you know, Hugh Morris, he's done the right thing by switching to the singlet. He does look better. He suits it. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. I think Rey Mysterio will have a fucking bit of an issue with all the question marks, though. Yeah. Uh, also, where the fuck's Jimmy Hart? Good point. Good yeah, doesn't does appear with him, but he's here tonight, later on. Like, you yeah. know, uh, was he still getting back from Japan? I don't think he even went to Japan, did he? No, he didn't, though. No. Uh, curious. Are we complaining at the lack of Jimmy Hart here? <laughs> no, I'm just wondering where Q Morris's uh, allegiances lie. Is he still a part of the Dungeon of Doom? Because to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind seeing Hugh Morris break away and do, uh, go on a singles run. I mean, I know Billy Mott's a piece of shit, but I, I'm, he's he's a good wrestler. Yeah. You know, we, we, he's got the ability, and he's got a fucking awesome finisher, hmm. and he's got a great look, and the gimmick, it's a little bit rinky-dink, but if they flash it out a little bit, it could, it could make for, for, for um, an entertaining story arc. But, yeah, you yeah. know, he's just paired with a dungeon of fucking dongs. It's just... <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's, I, I, it, of, of all the people I'd like to see break away from the dungeon of doom, it's got to be him. I'd, I'd like to see him just go on a singles run and see what he can do. First shout, see if it happens. Uh, Liz, so we're going back to this one. Liz is getting a tongue lashing from Iron and Woman, who is still questioning her loyalty. She's getting ready to fight. I think at some point here she's basically told them, I'm not going to go out there. Or whatever, uh, or it might be vice versa because she's got in the tongue lashing. She's not going to come out as Arn is preparing to face off with somebody else. Uh, back from the break, Eric says that he's leaving to go and find the NWO and find out what's happening with Macho and uh, gives Tanay the lead momentarily. Again, and, good acting from Eric Bischoff here as yeah. well because I can't remember what he was saying. He was actually just like doing the whole commentary thing and he's just like abruptly just stops, slams the uh, the headset down and just says, "I'm off to find the NWO." It's like. It's just kind of like he's lost himself in the rage at this point. Yeah. He's like, yep, yeah, no, I can't do this. I'm not in the right frame of mind. I need to fucking go up there some now. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this now, uh, even though it's in my notes at the end. Uh, Dave Meltzer, he obviously missed the point where Eric Bischoff said, "I'm going to go and find the NWO and find out what's happening to Macho," because Meltzer says, and Eric Bischoff just storms off. Nobody knows why. So the rest of the commentators had to make up a story. No, nope. apparently, according to Meltzer. It was because Sags got on the table and did the uh, talking ass skit. Well, to be fair, I did actually read that Sags did get in a lot of fucking trouble for this, for doing that. So, right. yes, that would make some sense. But I don't think that's the story. I don't think Eric Bischoff just decided because Sags did that. He's like, no, fuck it, I'm done. It's, well, that's it. It's a, about... fir- it's a first story arc, and he literally does say, I'm going to go and find the MWR. Yeah. He teased, is missed. He's teased that throughout, uh, earlier on in the night. He said that we are ending this now. Yeah. That it's clearly the story. This isn't fucking Eric Bischoff going off the script. Hmm. But that's it. And the other issue I have with that as well is that you're talking about a prominent person in the corporate structure here, Eric Bischoff. You know, the guy... Uh, apologised for bringing Hulk fucking Hogan into the company. You know, prominent people can only bring Hulk Hogan into a company. You don't. It, it, Jerry Sags doing something like that. It, it, does it really matter to Eric Bischoff? 
would he really break professionalism? Would he really just like get up and fucking go out because uh, because Jerry Sags did that? No, he would deal with it after the show. Exactly. You know, he, exactly. he would just say, you know what? You shouldn't have done that. Please don't do that. It was disrespectful. It was tasteless. It wasn't entertaining. No, just fire him, I think. Or, or fire him, yeah. But it's or just f- like, he would be... We... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my chair. <laughs> right. I thought it, I thought the internet went down again. Oh no! Yeah, it, it could fire him, but I think it's just more a case of you know what? No, nip that in the bud right now. Do not do that again. It was it wasn't right. It wasn't entertaining. It was disrespectful. I'm paying your fucking wages here. I'm the one that keeping your job. Fucking show me some respect. And damn fucking right, damn right. I don't care who you are. You show your fucking boss respect. If they ain't done anything to you, you show them respect. I'm not saying you have to kiss their ass, but don't fucking talk out your ass like that. Yeah. Literally, and figuratively. Mm. I just don't. I don't believe for one second that, like you said earlier on about the, the nuance of cameras coming in and stuff, which I do think. I do think Bischoff's had these these little ideas. Um, obviously, again, like we're saying, Craig Levis has probably had some input and everything like that. But primarily, yeah. you're talking about the executive. Is he the, at this point? Is he the president or is he? He's the vice president of WCW. Executive vice president. The guy is basically second in command, isn't he, to whoever the president is, which is probably going to be Ted Turner. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but Jerry Sags doing that. Yeah, he's going to get a tongue lashing, but the fucking guy is not going to walk off set after putting all the effort into the nuances of the NWO and the fucking camera angles and Sting turning his back and this, that, and the other. Just because somebody, you know, talked out of their ass, just doesn't. This, this, may, this is the first time they've. I've actually thought, and obviously Bischoff does. He's just not a fan of Meltzer at all. Everybody fucking knows that. But yeah, I feel like this is the start of it. You know what I mean? And I feel like I feel like Bischoff is justified in some of the things that he, not that he says, but the feeling that he has towards well, Meltzer. Yeah, I mean, fucking Meltzer just likes to create a fucking story out of nowhere. Yeah. So he hears like second hand information and he and I'm not I know it sounds like I'm just really shitting on Dave Meltzer for the sake of shitting on Dave Meltzer. I'm not a fucking I'm not that kind of person. I, I I just think his his journalism is in question and it has been for a long time because of shit like this. Just creating stories out of thin air. You may have the base point right, but you don't have you know, you not the ends don't justify the means, basically. You know, like he's trying to ju- uh, make the ends justify the means, and it's not working. It's 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 the sun journalism. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be a fit there, wouldn't he? Holy hell! Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Wow, <laughs> good shout. I like it. <coughs> oh, excuse me, excuse me. Um, anyway, I've, yeah, I've, I've got that out of the way now, so I don't need to fucking bring that up later on. Um, Arn Anderson versus Chris Jericho. Arn Anderson obviously coming out with woman. Liz does not come out with Arn Anderson. Uh, what? Still following along with that storyline. Yeah. What a fucking pop. What a fucking pop Arn gets here. Mm-hmm. It's fucking loudest of the night. Fucking Cleveland is Arn country. Oh, absolutely. It can't be far away. Ohio. Must be North Carolina, South Carolina. Must be next to it. Uh, it's east. It's like northeast, I think. It's Cleveland. Ohio is next to Indiana uh, and Chicago. Uh, Indiana, uh, yeah, Indiana and Chicago. I know that because I've got a friend who lives there. Oh, Ohio is. Oh no, so Ohio is above. Sorry, Indiana. Yeah. So yeah, it's so going, it can't be far away. No, it's going. It's towards more like fucking, like uh, it's it's not northeast. Oh, it's dead center, really. Yeah, it's more more east of center. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, he does. Uh, and he plays up to it as well, doesn't he? And he fucking raises his arms to the crowd and everything like that. Yeah, he's um, he's getting uh, quite the pop. But yes, as we start, Tony Schiavone John joins the commentary desk uh, in Eric's place, saying that Eric has things to sort out and that he completely stands behind him 110%. Uh, Heenan mentions within all this, is Eric going to be part of the NWO? Because you can't trust anyone around here anymore. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a betting man, you'd bet on Heenan. Meanwhile, early days, uh, Jericho is on top. I meant to say early doors there. Early doors, Jericho <laughs> is on top. Uh, there's a couple of drop toe holes and a leg lock keeping Arn down. Uh, back up though, Arn gets the arm bars in. Jericho um, reverses. Sorry, go on. Yeah, it's at this moment, uh, Jericho, it, when he's got the leg lock in, he's shouting, ask him, ask him to the referee, which is something that I've always remembered him doing. Like, in WWE, it was one of his main fucking hallmark traits. So, like, I, I, I cannot emphasise enough how fucking... So early in his career, Jericho just knows what he wants to be. Yeah. Everything. The fucking screams, the bloody... The, the verbiage that he uses. Like, you know, just what what he says in the match. Just these little things. Little nuances. It just absolutely fucking brilliant. He's got his character down already. Yeah. And it's just... It's just amazing. He still does that to this day. You ask him. He still does it. Like, we're, we're talking fucking 25 years on. And that is still a trait of his. It's not something... Yeah. He's reinvented himself so many times. But these little things, he's always kept it as part of his character. I just love it. I absolutely love it. I just, I'm just really surprised. Because everything I've heard about Jericho in his early WCW career is that he was just a... You know, um just the average baby face that wasn't really getting over with the crowd and his wrestling left a lot to be decided and I'm just calling bullshit and all of it the yeah. fans like him his wrestling is good he's got his character down but just just like as we've figured out over the years Jericho has always been better served as a heel always he's just got he, everything he's done all these nuances are heel things mm-hmm. like WWE played into him as a face by doing healer shit by fucking calling Stephanie McMahon a trash bag, uh, trash bag whore and all sorts of fucking disgusting <laughs> things. It's like, he's still being a heel, but he's the face in the, in the, in the equation. He's the face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, speaking of heelish moves, I just want to quickly mention whether or not you saw uh, what was going around on Twitter a few days ago uh, with people saying, basically, you need to go into a supermarket. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. <laughs> Right, so I'm a, I'm is, a, just a question: Am I going to get hot as a supermarket no, worker? No, no, I wouldn't have thought so. To be honest, no. This is this is this is stupidity, really. It's um, it's something that sort sort of reemerged from three years ago. Um, somebody put on Reddit on R slash Squared Circle on Reddit. Uh, Chris Jericho fucked my wife, and I want fucking answers. Right, and basically they've gone into this story, which uh, is. <laughs> Oh my god! The thing is, it's probably it's probably not true, but it's believable. That's all I've got. Um, so the 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 post has since been deleted, as has the user. Okay, but the post, uh, even though it says deleted, you can still read the comments underneath it. So the placeholder is still there. Um, the sort of screen grab of it, and it says posted 15 minutes ago as well. This was three years ago, so this has recycled itself and found itself back onto Twitter this week. This is all fucking bullshit. 15 years into my marriage and it's fucking over because some fat-ass pot-belly pig al- built alcoholic promised her a good time in his hotel room. The worst part about it, he has a small dick and couldn't even make her come. 
Not even an orgasm. So you mean this fat piece of shit, this small dick... F I'm not going to say that word. Had the nerve to coerce my whore wife into having flex... And that's saying something, because it, I'll, I'll say whore wife, but I will not say that. Um, but <laughs> into having flex by flexing some 19-year-old bottle of wine and two fifteen thousand dollars I'm going to presume that's two $15,000 checks, but there you go. Uh, I'm a working man, you see, but apparently this wasn't enough for this slut to keep... <laughs> this wasn't enough for this slut to keep... I can't fucking get it out. Huh? This wasn't enough for this slut to sleep with this 50-year-old, out-of-shape, small dick, having ass motherfucking hillbilly in his filthy-ass hotel room. It's fucking bullshit. So, yeah, this, this, this went... <laughs> This went round Twitter again last week, and it was just basically a lot of people saying, "I've screamed this out in the middle of a supermarket just to see what people's reactions were." Um, I just wanted to know whether or not you'd seen this. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but you said it's probably not true, but it's believable. Um, Jerry Cole, I'm not, I'm not really too sure if he's a cheater or if him and his missus have an open relationship. I could imagine that it's the latter. You're probably right, though, to be but fair. But yeah. there's all there's been multiple different fucking images of him snogging some random woman on Instagram, on Twitter. It's like, this is just nothing new. I believe it. I believe that he could do it, but I don't know if that story is true. I'm not validating. I'm not saying yeah or nay on it. I'm just saying, like, it's Chris Jericho, and it chances are he's probably broken up some marriages. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about before, haven't we? There was there was uh, somebody who somebody else knows that, yeah, they've slept with him. So, like you said, I did, you know, that didn't even enter my mind, to be fair. It might be an open relationship, but she's daffy as fucking she. <laughs> you think? She's Irvine, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> it could be an open relationship, knowing what wrestlers get up to and this, that and the other. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I thought I'd just uh, bring that up just in case people hadn't heard it. Uh, <laughs> just, it was just it's just expletive ridden rant. <laughs> by, by the way, wrestlers don't have a good track record of being fearful. I mean, they're on the road, they're lonely. I mean, yeah, I fucking know, mate. Sting, Sting's he did it, you know, and he's fucking one of the most virtuous fucking people in wrestling yeah. ever, and even he's done it. Like yeah. Bret, Bret Hart, he 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 openly admits, like you know, and I'm gonna have to put on the uh, best Bret Hart impression. Uh, I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. My only drug was sleeping with women on the road. That, you know, I don't know if that's a good Brett Hart impression. I was, but... I was more bulldog than Brett. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, I can't do a Canadian accent, you know. Sorry, I'll try that again. Uh, you know, uh, uh, sometimes I'm like, no, I can't. I just can't do a Canadian accent. I just can't do it. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I think he said that in his book, didn't he? Yeah. Um, that women were his vice. But... Yeah. Pretty much. He was, he was, hey, to be fair, he was a good-looking dude, so... Of course you were. You were a fucking honk. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. And, and honestly, he still looks great after the stroke. With the grey hair, he does look great still. It's really weird to say that. But he's yeah. actually aged pretty well. Carter is that fucking Shawn Michaels hasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks like fucking Nick, uh, Nick uh, Gage's dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Uh, the match, of course. <laughs> Where are we up to? We are up to armbars. Jericho reverses and puts the boots in while locked up in an armbar. Sorry, while he's got Iron locked up in an armbar. Iron is to his knees and reassesses the situation. Manages to get Jericho into the ropes after a minute with shoulders to the gut. 
Uh, we cut to Liz, who's watching the match from backstage uh, in, I guess it's going to be like the gorilla position, isn't it, really, with the monitor there and there's like a soundboard in front of her or something like that. Um, if it were the nasty boys, it'd be sandwiches in front of them. But hey-ho, yeah, I'm getting the digs in. I don't give a fuck. Fucking nasty boys. Uh, there's a super <laughs> kick from uh, Jericho. <laughs> sends, <laughs> sends on to the outside and uh, Jericho goes over the top ropes, faking a move, and then Jericho flies off the apron with a shoulder block. Once Jericho gets up, woman confronts Jericho and delivers a slap, allowing Orin to get back on top, throwing him back into... Uh, sorry, I think he throws him into the ring post here. I've not detailed that. Uh, and then back into the ring, delivering knees and a top rope eye rake, you old school bastard, as Liz gets up from her seat and walks off completely. Scoop slam from Orin uh, and to the middle rope he goes, but Jericho is in with a drop kick as he comes off the middle rope. Orin misses the lefts as Jericho ducks each one. Also, side note, spell checker in my form. Doesn't say ducks. Oh no. <laughs> it changes ducks to an F word. A spinning kick only gets a two count. Uh, back body drop sends Orn rolling to the apron. And Jericho's springboard. Now, normally he does a springboard to a drop kick here, but he actually springboards over the rope yeah. to an elbow, which sends them both to the outside. Yeah, it's basically a triangle drop kick, but it's a triangle elbow. Yes. Jericho up top with another spinning back elbow. Uh, as Orin get back, gets back in the ring. Orin is rocked. A lion soul attempt is rolled away from by Orin, and as Jericho rises, Orin with a sweet-ass DDT Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. Bam! That's how... It, just literally out of nowhere, bam! Fucking the snappiest DDT I have ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's just... Fucking Jericho it's, splats into the map. It's like... It's almost like they've, they they speed it up, isn't it? It's yeah. just It's so rapid, it's incredible. Uh, for a guy that big, and, and, and I think it's fair to say, like, at his age at that point, and as beat up as he is, just so rapid. So It's just like a snap DDT. It's great. It's really yeah. good to watch. I think it's Jericho selling. I yeah, think Jericho's I think just... That. Yeah, I think Jericho's just gone down really fucking quick. Yeah. You know? Um, um, uh, probably uh, that poor fucking bastard's uh, ex, uh, ex-wife could probably say the same thing. Oh, <laughs> oh dear oh god uh, and bam yeah <laughs> and it's a win for Ryan Anderson 5 minutes and 35 seconds <laughs> this was good I, I didn't mind this I thought it was good uh, also there was something that I don't think you picked up on but really fucking weird when Jericho goes for the triangle lariat there's a really audible Charlie scream and I don't know who who fucking did it because I thought it might have been woman I thought it was woman but it was so fucking loud, and it was so close to the camera, and woman's at the opposite end. Mm. And I just don't think that they like had, like, um, they don't have the technology that they have these days, where the mic, uh, certain mics are connected to certain, uh, you know, uh, back then, uh, certain boom mics will be, will be to certain cameras, wouldn't they? Like, they would be kind of like, as close. Yeah, that's, yeah, because the referee is obviously talking to camera at this moment in time. Yeah, like, to Hugh Morris did the same, yeah. Yeah, to separate the bloody sounds from each camera. Whereas yeah. now, nowadays, it's like, it's, it's all, it can all be connected. So yeah. you can say from a football match perspective, you would, you would hear people from the opposite end of the stadium through that main fucking camera, no matter where that camera is. Yeah. Um, yeah, just... I don't think they had the technology. Well, WCW definitely didn't have the fucking technology back then for that. So yeah, it's Turner Broadcasting, though. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, but they never used the. Pro- Remember the production budgets. Yeah, well, uh, that's the thing. You see, all them cameras are owned by Turner. They're they're all Turner Broadcasting because WCW had to pay rent to Turner for that. So it's worth noting that it, none of it's WCW. Whereas the WWE, 
I believe, use their own cameras. Yeah. Not that there needs to be a comparison, really. I don't even know why I fucking made that comparison. It's probably the same with AEW. They probably rent Turner's fucking um, equipment. So there's every possibility because they were a fucking powerhouse that they did have that technology. But having said that, you know, it's it's possible that they didn't. I don't know. I, I didn't hear it. I, my money would have been on woman because that's the kind of person that she is. But, but yeah, uh, it, it were also... Uh, as... Maybe Owen Anderson just stubbed his toe. No, it, were, it weren't... It, it was too gruff for woman, but it weren't gruff enough for Ryan. Right. Uh, it, it definitely came from the crowd, but it was just so fucking weird. Because like, I also I'm wearing earphones here. I'm wearing my earbuds, and when that came in, it fucking Jesus Christ! It rattled my brain. Yeah. It was just so loud, like, like, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was just half, I was half expecting the follow up. Twenty nine, twenty nine bots over. Slim Jim's howling havoc straight after it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't hear it, mate. No, I didn't. Um, Back from a break, and Liz is seen leaving with more bags than a woman should ever need for one night. Also holding some papers, which Brain speculates is a contract of some sort. Um, and then we're just going to go into Lex Luger versus fuck, Lex Luger versus M Wall Street. Oh Jesus Christ! I still, I, know. I still put him down as DK Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it is, but I copy and paste from um, Cage Match the card and then write the notes underneath it. Yeah, fair so, enough. That's what they do. Uh, Tony mentions that Lex... What? Oh, okay. Tony mentions that Lex thinks Sting needs some time and that he's just given it to him and he hasn't spoke to him. Uh, and in the match, first round, feeling it out, uh, has Lex with the advantage. Uh, there's a look. Do, Go on. I have to mention one thing. I was so distracted through this match. And maybe it's because I was walking for things to be distracted about. Uh, for, uh, yeah, you know, I about. don't blame you. I don't but blame you. Lucas wearing black boots, not white boots. The first thing I noticed from Luger was he's wearing black boots, not white boots. Right. <laughs> it's just so random. Like I've it is random. I have I'm... never seen him wearing black boots before. In every every uh, every fucking uh, incarnation of his character that I see from WWE in the eighties and the uh, well the late eighties early nineties that period uh, you know when he's a narcissist and he's got the old American fucking gear or what have you uh, to even like snap snapshots from his later career he's always been wearing white boots. It's the first time I've been seeing seen him wearing all black. I'm like, has he on dark sided? Hmm. You know. <laughs> It was just so. I, I, I seem to remember him wearing black boots at some point. Yeah, yeah the vast majority just, of his career has been white boots. Yeah, yeah, it's just so fucking weird. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I, I think I was just looking for distractions. That's fine, mate. Because I also, because it. I also noticed that Lex has had a nice little haircut. Yes, his hair is shorter, and it looks like he's got bangs, but he has. <laughs> he's just had like a fringe cut. Now, honestly, it couldn't look more any more like Luther Ignore's fucking Hulk here. Right, especially <laughs> when he's fucking does the pose on the Titantron and when he's got got VK in a, or M in a bloody chin lock. Like, he does a little scream and all that and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is a Hulk. <laughs> you paint that guy green and give him some fucking cut-off jeans. <laughs> he's, he's fucking Hulk. Maybe that's why he's got black boots. He's transitioning into the Hulk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you can't beat the Hulk, join him. Maybe he's joining the NWO. But I'm oh god! I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm... You really were distracted for this, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> You've got with a new gimmick and everything. <laughs> yeah. All, yeah. All, all uh... I'll say is that you know, just fucking VK. Um, he's never been that good in the ring. He's just dull no. and plodding, you know. And this match just goes on way too fucking long. 
And you fucking don't Le- either. And Lex cannot carry him to a good match. And Lex isn't no. too bad. Like he can he can carry some people to a, a respectably good match, but he can't carry this guy. Congratulations, Lex, you got the dud. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Somebody thought Lex. somebody thought the shot fucking uh, uh, bike with the little card with uh, VK Wall Street in it, please. <laughs> I'd probably just do it myself. <laughs> yeah, um, we're gonna have a lot of fucking images to promote this fucking episode. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! You got two right here. We're gonna have to paint Lex green and just make sure he's got his fucking white boots on. And yeah. Uh, yeah, to be I, honest, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of the haircut. To be fair, no, I, think I thought was... it had gone like short, short, and then he turned around, and it was long at the back, and it was just kind of like you said, the bangs were fucking at the side, and then yeah, that's oh, yeah, yeah just, it is oh, a bit weird. Uh, it's kind of like he's, it's kind of like he's gone for a mullet, but then yeah. like decided halfway through, like no, no, I don't want a mullet. No, <laughs> only had enough for what he got instead of getting the fucking complete. Obviously, <laughs> at the sides, you can't shave when you got hair that long. You can't just fucking shave it. It's no. not going to work. You have to you have to cut some length off before yeah. you shave it. And it looks like he's just done that at the sides. And he's like, ah, uh, yeah, I've decided I don't want a mullet. Just leave it. <laughs> it Again, though, he's he's got nice hair. It's just he keeps cutting it in the wrong way. Yeah. Fucking, it, it's the Phantom of the Opera type fucking cloak, isn't it? That's what he's got for her. Dye yeah. it fucking black. You know, just <laughs> dye it black. Put a, put a half mask on. May as well go all in. We're just giving him gimmick changes now. That's the Hulk gimmick from that fucking thing back fucking oh, right, episode fucking Oh seven. my god, it fucking is! Yeah. He has got dark sided! <laughs> right, let's get through this because um, we don't want to talk about it. Lex eventually wins with the torture rack. Next. Uh, okay. That's all you need to know about this match. It's fucking. Much it. It's shite and it goes for eight minutes and nothing happens. Yeah. Literally, yeah. nothing happens. It's VK Wall Street trying to wrestle and failing. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it, it's every match that Lex Luger has where he, he's going over and he, he he's getting beaten down and he, he comes takes back. takes beat down, yeah. Yeah, he takes a beat down and then he comes back with uh, screaming, screaming clotheslines and a torture <laughs> rack and wins. It, it's yeah. literally that. Unfortunately, you know, the, the, rest of the pu- uh, rest of the pieces of the puzzle are missing. In this match, because at least everybody else that he tries to wrestle does something. VK does mm. nothing. In two minutes into this match, VK is fucking profusely sweating. Yeah, he's not fit. He's not fit to wrestle. There were lots of wrestles in this as well, to be fair. As yeah. well, yes, a lot of wrestles. Yeah, Wall Street. Um, so I, I, a I, I, stretch where he holds the ropes, uh, and Randy Anderson looks like a complete twat because he keeps missing it. Uh, well, um, not it's the same though. with the. Uh, sleeper hold as well. He puts his feet on the bottom rope, and the ref keeps missing it, even though it's clearly in his peripheral. Uh, yeah, referee makes look silly. Uh, Wall Street looks silly anyway. Yeah, he looks Lex. like a, you know, he looks like a, he looks like a, a bin bag that's fucking gone. It's over full and it's bursting out the seams. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally what he looks like. You know, it, it's not sweat. It's that fucking uh, bin juice that you get. Like fucking oh. God no! That's what he looks like. He just—he oh. looks awful. Oh man! Put uh, a, put a white shirt and red suspenders on that guy. I don't give a shit. The IRS gimmick is fucking taken. He can still do the Wall Street gimmick. Just fucking put a white shirt on and red suspenders on that guy, and put some <laughs> fucking glasses on him, because he just looks awful here. He just looks awful. Fucking bin bag of a man. Just well, let's set the one. <laughs> let's set the one. Re- recycle that bin bag. 
We talk about fucking the, trash. The one. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd, uh, the crowd love it when he gets it into fucking rack. To be fair, uh, yeah, that's the positive to take out of it. The to- yeah, the, like, like I said, I've said this before. The torture rack is probably the most overrude, uh, over over in WCW right now because yeah. it. it Consistently gets the loudest pops, and I'm including this, you know, the Stingley Splash, the Scorpion Death Drop. I know that's re- relatively new. Um, yeah, Death that's Lock. not even a movie. Yeah, Lock. Yeah, the the, uh, well, he has done it a couple of times. Uh, the oh, figure... he's done it, but they don't reference it as anything. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, a reverse DDT. Yeah, uh, the figure four, the the diving elbow, everything. Yeah, and th- this move, the torch rack, is still more over than any of them. It's like yeah. really weird, but to be fair. I've said it before, Lex does a good torture rack. Yeah. It does look like it fucking genuinely hurts. And the way after, after when he's finished, the way he just throws them off and just dumps them, it's like a like a half assed attempt at a Death Valley driver. Just the way he just fucking dumps them down. It's like, yeah, that it, it just looks like he's just crushed all life out of them. And they've just gone limp and they've just fallen. It's it's a really fucking good move. Really is it fair good. to say because it's because it's also because it's one of those moves that you can transition into very quickly? Yes, you know, and it can cut. It can kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, like the fact again, of, like in this, Lex is getting beat down, beat down, beat down, and like it, it does come out of nowhere. Really, the setup. Yeah, and again, um, it's it's also the fact that he's a fucking jacked up dude, and even more so now that he looks like the fucking Hulk. That <laughs> it just like it's it's the facials as well. It's like he yeah. looks like he's just putting. Every ounce of his fucking strength into that, and he's yeah. just uh, he's just crushing the fucking the spine of of his of his opponents. It's just such a good move, and it's so simple. Yeah, it is. I think that's that's the thing about wrestling. Like the the simplest moves can also just look, you know, the best. You know, look the yeah. most most fucking brutal moves. And I'm not including the fucking people's elbow into that. You know, don't not then not that kind of fucking simple. That's always no. simple, you know. Yeah, that's. that's it, may, it may get a lot. It may get a lot pop, but it's just there for theatrics. Same with the fucking leg drop or whatever. This just looks like a brutal move because I, I can guarantee you, like, if if you pick me up and you're a taller guy than me, and I, I'm just a fucking wreck, but if you pick me up like that and did that move to me, I can guarantee you'll hurt me. Yeah. It may not hurt like it's meant, it, like it's being put across, but it'll still hurt my back. Oh yeah, big time. You it's know, not it, a. It was still it, it, going back. It's more it, of an awkward pain than anything. Yeah, it's it's the shoulder blade, uh, shoulder blades just digging in. Hmm. You know, it's yeah. It, it, I have been in a touch track before. It is uncomfortable, but if you yeah. put a little bit of pressure on that, it will fucking hurt. It will hurt. Uh, yeah, he, pound for pound, the most over mood, uh, mood move in WCW in 1996, <laughs> and I will not come off that perch. That's fair. It That's fair. it does consistently get the loudest pops. Yeah. Um. Yeah, after this we get a uh, quick promo from Jimmy Hart in the Faces of Fear as they go to a break and uh, it was mentioned earlier that Rick, uh, Eric had, uh, or WCW rather, has a present for Sting uh, but obviously Sting's not here uh, and it's brought out and it's uh, revealed to be the Sting NASCAR. They've rebranded the WCW NASCAR to make it just a Sting NASCAR with his, his face on the front and everything like that. It's offered to him as a goodwill gesture and an apology to Sting from WCW uh, to be driven by Elliot Sadler who I'm wondering... Uh, Ernie Sadler, TNA. Mm-hmm. Any relation? No idea. To be I'm honest, sure. to be honest with you, when it comes to American sports references, just name a name. You know, it could be fucking any name. It could be any name, whatever. You know, it could be fucking Joey Numbers. It could be fucking uh, 
Jimmy Sa- uh, Sacramento. It could be fucking IP Freely for all I care. I don't take notice <laughs> of these fucking names. I literally just don't. It's like, oh yeah, it's some guy. It's some some American sports hero. Uh, that's your business. I'm, I'm just not interested. Sorry, not interested. Yeah, I just I, remember I, the... I, I keep calling Cal Petty Tom Petty. That's how much I don't care. And Tom <laughs> Petty is not a fucking NASCAR driver. <laughs> no, he's he's a fucking rock and roll legend. Like, I, 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 I made that mistake several times in this episode. Tom Petty, Tom Petty, Tom... Because I just don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just really quickly Googling this because Elliot Sadler, obviously, NASCAR, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Ernie Sadler apparently doesn't exist, so I've created that's another <laughs> it's another scenario I've created in my mind. Sorry, Nick Hogan. Uh it was some he had like something hot seat. Hermie Sadler. Hermie Sadler, and he had uh Hermie's hot seat. So let's just quickly Hermie Sadler, American race car driver. Uh is he in relation to this one? I'm not sure. Oh, he's his brother. Okay, there you go. Happy days. So, Hermie was in TNA. Elliot was in WCW. So, there you go. Um, honestly, I'm trying to remember the name of that fucking film. Uh, it is an American cult classic. It's a white car with a fucking couple of stripes on it. Um, it's not... just can't remember the name of it, but... God, for some reason, when you said Hermie Sadler, I'm like, yeah, that sounds familiar. And, yeah, I just can't, I can't remember the name of it, so I'll come back to that. <laughs> Herbie! Herbie the Love Bug. Herbie, yeah, yeah, of course, that makes yeah. sense. That, that, that's what I can think of when you said Herney, Herbie Sadler. Herbie the Love Bug. <laughs> you know, He's I, one of the, the world's I, I, I don't, I, I, Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any correlation between the two, but... Fair do. But, yeah, uh, you, yeah. yeah you, saw, you saw Herbie the Love Bug. Down Bolton Road. It was a pink one, though. Oh, okay, right. It's 53, isn't it? That's, that's the number on it. Yeah. But, well, now that you mention it, like a uh, uh, couple of weeks ago, I saw the Jeep from Jurassic Park. I saw that. Yeah, that's around here somewhere. Yes, yes, yeah, I saw I that. I saw that. I, Fucking, I, I love that. I tell you what. I, I, like, I, obviously, where, where, where my workplace is, you've got the uh, the long hill that goes up towards uh, Serial Way, yeah. and I, there's a little garage at the top. Yeah. And I can actually see it from where I, where I'm working in work, and I just got distracted. I'm like, is that the fucking Jurassic? I weren't saying this at work in my head. I'm like, is that the fucking Jurassic Park Jeep? And it were just yeah. like so fucking random. I I mean, I also I've also seen the uh, mystery machine up Chadworth. Yeah, there's uh, there's another one of them knocking about as well up uh, yeah. Icroft. Yeah, but I, th- I don't think it's got an engine in it. It's <laughs> sort of. Because I've toyed with the idea of actually asking the guy if he wants some money for it, yeah. and like I would, I would buy that. And yesterday, uh, as I was waiting for a bus uh, on Duckworth Street, I heard a very familiar uh, ro- uh, roaring, like really bad engine, and you know the, you know the backfire shots it yeah. makes, and I just thought it might have been the uh, Robin Reliant from Only Fools and Noises. <laughs> it weren't. It was just a really fucking rundown red pickup truck, but uh, just like. I mean, famous cars all over the fucking shopping doorway lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite surprising that um, that Jurassic Park one. I'm pretty sure is uh, it's on the street behind mine. You know where the kid masturbates? It's the same street. <laughs> Our context. <laughs> you've got you've got to be an avid listener to to, to know what to, to know. Like four episodes ago, there was a guy just jacking it. Um, yeah, yeah, because it uh, was just like you know you were in mid conversation. He goes, "There's a dude fucking jacking off across the street." <laughs> 
Oh no, fucking hell. Uh, hopefully he hasn't seen Beth's new video for Jack and Court yet, because oh no, that oh. would be awkward. Um, so yeah, Sting's got a WCW car, and uh, oh, it's also worth noting, like Ernie Sadler, uh, uh, I've called him Ernie again. Anyway, the Sadler that turned up in TNA, he had a feud with Ron Killings of all people, who I rate to fuck. I love Ron Killings. I do too. Next up, the faces of fear, Mangan the, Bar- Mangan, Mangan the Barbarian with Jimmy Hart, he's here, versus the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Oh. I did sigh. Yes. Uh, uh, the only thing I really noted about the Rock and Roll Express, to be honest with you, is worst attire from them ever. <laughs> Who the fuck wears Battleship Grey? Battleship Grey, nice. Battleship Grey with burgundy, what looks like just burgundy patches. Yeah. So it's just terrible attire. Bit weird, yeah, bit weird. Um, Rock and Roll Express here with the WCW magazine music as a theme. Yeah, I I noted that a few weeks ago. Like, I think you did, yeah, yeah. Really uh, random. Let's see if I can fly through this now, so we can uh, get to end. <laughs> please do. <laughs> Stop me if you've got any commentary lines or anything like that. I'll, I'll make sure I shut up. Uh, Morton in with shots on Meng early on. Never a good plan. May as well just run away from him. Morton ducks a clothesline and gets on the back with a sleeper, but Meng doesn't even snap me. He just throws Morton over the shoulder violently to the mat. Morton again with the same, twice more, and Meng gets out each time. Barbarian in. Double headbutt as Meng leaves. Partial crossbody doesn't work. Gibson comes in with a drop kick, and then they both take turns covering Barbarian before both piling on Barbarian, only to get a two catch. You remember pylons? Yes. Not like electric pylons, but like pylons when somebody's just on the floor and like 15 people just jump on them. They were fucking good times. Though. Yeah. Everyone used to do that on the playground. Yeah. So that's what happened here. This is uh, this is probably why I thought it was a goofy spot, but it was kind of fun. It's like nostalgia 101. Um, plenty of audible growling. It's something that cruiserweights do. Sorry, just to fucking go back to it. It's something that cruiserweights do when, you put, when you're facing the big man. And yeah. the big man just sort of throws them off. Um, so yeah, it, I think it does favours for Barbarian here. Plenty of audible growling, grunting, and vocalisation of strikes uh, as there's a back and forth and back and forth as they go to a break, which ties in with what you were saying earlier about the mics. But it is just all sort of thing. Um, Audacity did not like me doing that. My, e- my ears didn't like you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of pin, a couple of pin attempts from Morton fail as he sat down by Barbarian as Meng tags in violently sat down it should be added not just like there you go just have a sit down for a minute old man Power driver from Meng but Gibson is in to break up the pin Meng pulling Morton up as Gibson continues to give Meng jip from the outside so Meng just levels him big boot from Barbarian sends Morton down before dragging him up for a power bomb but it's only a two again there's an oily looking backbreaker but that's only a two as well uh, camel clutch making Morton humble from Meng Faces of fear with strategy. <laughs> make, make all, all I can hear is I'm shaking my head. Make him humble. Always. Yeah, make Always. him humble. <laughs> um, Gibson's chomping at the bit to get in the ring. Uh, this has gone on for long enough now to try and get that hot tag. Only getting chance when the pin attempts happen, so he comes in to break up the pins, obviously. Barbarian off the top rope misses a splash attempt, and Gibson gets his moment as Morton tags to barely any reaction from the crowd. So oh, all that, it's just geez. completely failed. Uh, there's an en- there's an enziguri on Barb. You can see the point where I started to barb it. Uh, there's a quarter ten count goes up to a six. Morton back up. Uh, there's a double drop kick on Meng. Gibson uh. diverts his attention to Jimmy Hart, who's decided to get on the apron, allowing a kick from Barb, and it's over. Yeah, uh, no heat, dead crowd, long and boring. Correct. And uh, I- there's no reason whatsoever why 
the, the faces of fear need assistance from Jimmy Hart to win. No, no. Especially Just considering the... they're fucking huge jacked up guys. Like, they, yep. like I, 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 if we put them on a weighing scale, probably Meng probably weighs about uh, two thirds of the Rock and Roll Express combined. A lot. <laughs> like, so yeah. you fucking, you, you add, you add Barb into the mix. Uh, fucking oh, Scott Skyder, uh, signing promo coming here, innit? You know, you add into the mix, you know, just like, you know, they've got a free and first chance of fucking winning this match. <laughs> and, yeah. of course, they lose. Yeah, they do. Um, so, yeah, it's Faces of Fear going over, and uh, it's 8 minutes and 25 seconds of just not necessary time wasted. Public yeah. Enemy are in to save the Rock and Roll Express because the Faces of Fear have continued the beatdown. Who cares? Um, yep, yeah, to no avail. Uh, Rocky's back body drops out of the ring while Grunge is selling the knee huge with Faces of Fear concentrating on it uh, as we go to an NWL promo where they're back at the hotel uh, where nobody cares that Bischoff's coming to find them. The nope. nasties are just eating, <laughs> which they actually are, and that's not even me being disparaging at this point. They're actually just... There's nobody else eating just the right, nasty boys. Yeah, seriously. They're eating, but they're also talking while they're eating. It's just a lot of yeah. gibber-gabbering. It just yeah. it, to me, it just sounds like Wario eating chocolate. <laughs> You know, why you all just like, ah, 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 you know, can't remember, it was one of the Wario games on the, on the Wii, uh, can't remember which one, but yeah, that's what it just sounded like to me. Yeah. Put it this way, it, it, this, it's just all fucking indistinct, fucking uh, jibber-jabber here, and Hogan actually has to tell them to shut up, because he's yes. trying to get a word in, and all, yeah. all you hear is, ah, 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 you know, yeah. and he just says, shut up. Because yeah, um, he's not not what anything he says here is really interesting, but he's trying to get a point across, and they're just not allowing him. Well, that's it. He that so I've noted that pretty much. It's, Hogan takes over to organise these shit shows a bit better, um, making a better job of promoting the takeover. The outsiders de- delivering promises. Uh, Carl Petty sat with them, so uh, they delivered on that also. Uh, and finally, a plug for the pay per view where he says that for lazy it will be trick and treat. Oof. Uh, but you're right. You're absolutely fucking right here. Hogan must be getting really fucking frustrated because this is isn't going anywhere. These segments aren't going anywhere, and they're supposed to be doing something. And obviously, Hogan wants to promote that big fucking main event where you make your fucking money, where everybody else is just like, oh yeah, fucking free food. Like what? Come on. So yeah, Hogan takes over. Fair, fair fuck to him. And everybody out there knows I don't like Hogan, but he does. He fucking reins everybody in and makes sure that they fucking they actually get something out of this fucking segment. Uh, yeah, to Hogan's credit, he's always been good at that. Yeah. He yeah. has, and he knows when it's time to reel everybody in. Yeah. Except when it will last week. No. <laughs> that that time he's just like, you know, I'm taking the night off. Yeah. Um next up, Chris Benoit with Deborah and Steve McMichael is gonna face off with Rick Steiner. <laughs> I put Chris Benoit with Deborah, Mongo and Briefcase. A briefcase, yeah, uh, and this is actually the main event. To be honest with you, yeah. To be honest with you, I thought that I haven't seen that briefcase for a, a long time. It's just suddenly made a resurgence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously for the finish, it's the only reason why he's got it. It's to play into the finish, but it's why it worked. Did he? Um, did he turn in Ohio uh, <laughs> and he just okay. left it there and they just waited until they got back? <laughs> Yeah. Just left it in the arena somewhere. Um, yeah, Nick Patrick's cutting a promo about his neck to the camera. Yeah. Uh, and t- I, Tony asks if anybody would like to cry for Nick and nobody takes up his offer as we take a break. Yeah, um, I have to say one thing here. <laughs> he doesn't have me in fucking stitches because 
uh, t- uh, Tony mentions, uh, he just says, uh, Rich Steiner, the dog, ra- uh, dog face gremlin, and Heenan just cuts him off straight away and goes, uh, nice name. That's it, dog face gremlin. Nice name. Hey, mom, I'm dating the dog face gremlin. Hey, mom, can I marry the dog face gremlin? You're going to be a, you're going to be a grandmother, courtesy of the dog face gremlin. Nice name. And then as we go to the break and it fades out, you just hear Heenan muttering, dog face gremlin. Good handle. <laughs> <laughs> it is so Just good. Fucking brilliant. Right, so, and all I could think of was like, this is in 1996, and his son, uh, the Dollface Gremlin's son, is now wrestling in NXT. So, I'm just thinking, like, that's a shoot from Heenan here. That's a shoot. So, imagine yeah. that has actually happened. So I actually had to say that <laughs> to say, "Hey, hey, hey, mum, you're gonna be a grand uh, grandmother, but, uh, courtesy of the dog face gremlin, and that is a result." Brom Breaker. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Fucking Bobby Heenan must be tittering to himself in the grave. Hey. <laughs> He's like the posthumous godfather of, of Brom Breaker. <laughs> Oh man, I, I, um, it was just absolutely brilliant. He just fucking goes on a tangent about it. That is great. We hindsight as well. It's yeah. just so good. This, uh, yeah, this, <laughs> there is something weird here as well because when we come back from break, Tony mentions like a long time pro- uh, production truck member called Rob Wright is leaving WCW. Hmm. Yeah, it's just random. And again, he just goes into Heenan mode to say they can't him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tony explains he's taking a new role as elsewhere, and Heenan just cuts him off to say "cab." That's it. He just cuts him off, and then and then later on, you know, just a few seconds later, he expands it by saying he's going to drive a cab at the new airport. <laughs> what a fucking bully! Uh, yeah, just so, yeah, that, no, that's no, back, isn't it? yeah, nobody's off limits here to Heenan. No, they're not. No, he's just having fun. Gonna... <laughs> I've got to be honest, like so obviously you had the subtitles on, so it, it's obviously giving you whatever it's giving you. Um, I actually, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> All I could think was uh, Rob Ryden, the comedian. Right? <laughs> so I, obviously I'm hearing Rob Ryder or whatever the fuck it was, but I'm thinking Rob Ryden. Uh, yeah, so again, that makes no fucking sense whatsoever because, well, Rob Ryden's probably like fucking 15 at this well, point. I was going to so. say it makes more fucking sense than bloody Bill Murray and fucking yeah. Rob per- <laughs> uh, uh, Robert Perot, whatever his fucking name is, I can't even remember. I'm not even. I can't be asked. I, I just, I just simply can't be asked. Picking my notes up off the floor just to get that name. So no, you don't yeah. need to. But it made no. more sense than what fucking Kevin Nash were earlier. It's <laughs> all that red wine, dude. <laughs> Uh, fast start, pretty even and intense as these two fight dirty to get an early advantage. Uh, Steiner gets it with the first move, a belly-to-back overhead release. Oh, fucking brilliant. Oh, gnarly. Uh, Benoit goes out of the ring very fucking quickly. Steiner lured out and back in as Benoit is already in the ring, gets the advantage because he's already stood up, obviously. So a little bit amateurish there from Rick Steiner, who you'd expect to know better. Pin attempt is only two and Steiner is back on top. Uh, there's kicks and punches in the ring, a chin lock into the knee if you know what I mean, for a minute. But Benoit is back up with a drop kick and strikes. Uh, Benoit with snap suplexes. And Steiner with some amateur wrestling technique to close Benoit into the ropes and restrict his movement momentarily so he can catch a breath. There's a Steiner line after a whipping uh, and a slam from the shoulders as Benoit attempts a leapfrog. I love that. Oh, love that, that was fucking that power slam. Yeah, brilliant. Great. Absolutely um, brilliant. Again, it was just like really snappy. Like the fucking DDT yeah. earlier. Just like, bam! Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. The two Chrises not having a good night. <laughs> uh, crowd uh, comes alive with the barks after that's happened 
Uh, momentarily late, well, later on. Um, I say later on. It's not too far in the in the future. Deborah's in uh, on the apron. Nick Patrick's distracted. Mongo comes in with the briefcase, uh, and it's the same as you said. It's the same fucking one from when Mongo turned at the pay per view, and it's over. Benoit gets the pin in this one because they just smash. Rick Steiner in the back as the pair of them are going up to the top rope. Four minutes and 25 seconds in this one. Um, deserved, yeah, deserved more time, but it was good. Totally did, yeah. Uh, it was fast. It was it were, it were pretty much on point. Um, and they, they, they put on a decent showing for the main event as well because I, there, there, there was that there was that risk that, that the last two matches have more or less been empty. With well, It felt like the last two matches, particularly the last one anyway. Let's talk about that. Uh, that was a bit no the last two because Lexuga Wall Street yeah uh, it it ran that it ran that risk of of completely running out of steam and you could have had fucking Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero in that main event and you know people would have just been deflated um, but they they picked it up quite nicely uh, it wasn't the the best way to sign off as a main event but it, it did a lot better than the last two matches let's put it that way yeah uh, yeah not bad for them too the they they close off the Nitro uh, they. They put the co- copyright disclaimer at the bottom and you think it's the end of the episode, but there's one more of these NWO promos. And lo and behold, sat in amongst the giant, in, in between the giant and Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, apologies, uh, is Elizabeth. She's sat with the contract in her hand all rolled up, if it is a contract, as we're still speculating. Uh, and the, again, there's a lot of fucking yammer in this one. Really, everybody's talking over each other. Yeah, basically so just trying to bar allegiance with movie roles, potential dates with movie stars. Yeah. Uh, Vince comes in, uh, Virgil, just try uh, try to give her a fucking a big ass fucking present. Yeah. Like, what is in that box? I don't know. What do you... I really don't know, but I want to know. <laughs> yeah, what have you fucking got her? Fucking... Probably giant stool from a year ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, Hogan takes this over a little bit and says, "Giant, you tell her." So that's basically like, "Will all of you just shut the fuck up and let Giant just talk for a minute?" So he tries. Uh, he goes on about the fact that he's done a film with Arnold Schwarzenegger, so and if she joins the NWO, she can be in films, blah, blah, blah. Hogan takes over, reaffirms this, says that she he can get her Brad Pitt or Kevin Costner. Um, but then she says something like, uh, a lot has changed since the deal was made. Uh, Vince, as you said, Virgil, Vincent, whatever, he has a present for Liz, who is then allowed to leave the room. And while she's walking down the hallway, the macho man Randy Savage runs down the same hallway and she's fucking busted here um macho is incensed by the fact that she's setting him up quote for quote goes absolutely berserk at her and it's moments like this i, I get really uh i don't know it's not cringe that's not the way to describe it but i just don't like seeing it it's uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable yeah because uh he, he's getting right in her face he might even possibly be grabbing her i can't I, the thing with these vignettes is it's been very distorted and black and white it's been it, it's it's there's been effects put over it so it's hard to see whether or not he actually like grabs her or anything like that, but he's very violent towards her. That's probably the best way to describe it. Yes. He's completely unhinged here. She shrieks in terror. She's cowering. She's covering her face. She's covering herself in protection. But then, obviously, Macho goes to the door where the NWR are coming, uh, where they are, uh, and she runs towards him saying, please, please, let me explain, let me explain. Uh, and, yeah, we just, we just kind of sign off with that, like the... Is she, isn't she with Liz? Macho is completely fucking unhinged and he's gone, he's popped, his fucking brain is out of his fucking skull at this point. Uh, but Liz is, Liz so is liaising, liaising yeah. with the NWO. Yeah, so much is that he doesn't even try to go into their hotel room. 
Yeah. It's, it's an afterthought. His, his main focus is on Liz now. So yeah. it means like, that's the only good, you know, it's the only redeeming quality from this. I mean, this, yeah. this, it, it just, it's just so out of place. It's just, it, it's just so random. But here, it, it, it really underscores that Savage is still not right in the head. He's, he's still yeah. on the hinge. And now he's lost focus. The focus isn't on the NWO, the focus is on Liz. So it means he's setting himself up for a fall. Yeah, again, and it's happened a few times to him. And, you know, it's. I know some people are saying, oh, yeah, it's just retreading the same water. It's doing the same old ding dong with Savage. But the thing is, though, it always works. And in the context of this story, it's not like it's. It's not old hat. It's fresh. It's new. Yeah. It's new enemies that that have manipulated that situation. Yeah, and he he's fallen into their trap, and it, it's it remains to be seen whether he's going to be you know if, if he's going to get the upper hand next week or at the end we are going to get the upper hand or if the rest of the WCW roster are going to give him a helping hand or, or whatever. But he has a very important match coming up at Halloween Havoc, and his focus is no longer on Hogan. Yeah, or at the end of are and that is a really good wrinkle. It's yeah, a real good wrinkle, yeah. but it's the only good wrinkle. Because everything else here, it's like you say, it's very uncomfortable. It's 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 close to the bone. Like, uh, I can feel very sympathetic for Elizabeth IRL that, you know, she's she's yeah. had to suffer with this in real life. And yeah. now they're making a story out of it. And WWE did try to exploit their relationship. You know, the, the, the pitfalls of a relationship for a story. And it, it it's shit like this I don't like about wrestling. Where yeah, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, this is happening in real life. Let's play into it. So some things, not really, you know, it's not a bad thing. Like, yeah, it can be quite cringe. Cough, cough, TNA with Jeff Hardy. can be quite cringe. Mm. But if the person's the person in question is up for it and wants to play into their own flaws, then that's fine. And I'm pretty sure Savage is more than willing to play into his own flaws. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think Elizabeth has got a choice in the matter here. Yeah. This is a story, you know. What 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 pull does she have backstage? None. Absolutely, no. no, absolutely fucking none. She's just a name that's associated with Randy Savage, and that's why she's there. It's all it. That's all it is. She's not got a say in this. She hasn't. Simply not got a say in this. And well, that's I, I. Her pull is Randy Savage. Yeah, her pull, and he has a voice, doesn't he? Yeah, he has a voice. But he's more than willing just to do this. That's what I mean. He's more than willing to do business and play into his his flaws and his sanity and things like that. You know, he, he's always been willing to play ball. Mm. She hasn't got that saying that. She's she she's by association a victim of this, and that yeah. is just it, it's just so sad. I don't like to see this. I just really don't. Yeah. You know, just you, you could you can play into the re- realities, but don't go this far. You do not want to. Question: Whether Savage is going to strike her, or, yeah. or not, or you know, yeah. we do I do not want to see Savage in her face like this. Yeah, it's um, it's a weird one this because, uh, on the one hand, it's confronting issues that are real. Yes, you know, it, um, which does need to happen. Me and me and Beth had a conversation last week about Sex Education, which is on Netflix, uh, and obviously it's got Gillian Anderson in it, so instantly i was like okay i'll watch this uh i fucking love it i think it's great um but we were talking about how that show uh deals with current issues 
not in terms of like politics or anything like that but uh what people are going through in terms of sexuality and you know everything that goes along with that yes um representation the whole works we went through a, a big you know, a, a, not a debate. We, we actually kind of agreed with each other, which which is rare for me and Beth, to be fair. Um, but it, it does. It confronts them them issues head on, and you ha- you don't have to watch it. But if you like the program, then you're invested. Yeah. So this rate, this got a three point three rating, uh, which is probably going to equate to like something. I, I don't know. I can't remember the, the millions of views, uh, but it is millions of people that are watching this and they're invested in it. So they're confronting these head on. Um, so I guess it, it depends which side of the coin you're on. Yeah. We don't like to see it, but things like this, if you want to be real, if you want to be based in reality, then things like this do need to be. Uh, yeah. Do need to be. I get. Right. I do get that, but my my emphasis is on her. It's not on the actual story. It's the fact that she doesn't really have a say in this. She's just like having to be a part you're of right. it. You're right. And yeah. that is an awkward situation. To that is scary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it is. It, you can confront it without going as far as you did. Yeah, you know, without... I would, I, me personally, if I'm Bischoff or I'm whoever, uh, Kevin Sullivan, whoever, I would, I'd want her input. I'd want her involved. Yes, I would want her okay, and I want to know that she was okay going forward with this sort of thing. Yes, uh, and how far she can go before it becomes too much for her. She, she, she needs. She, she if anything. She's the one person that you need to talk to. Like I said, Macho play into it. He's fucking fine. The NWO or the Four Horsemen or whatever, they're going to play into it. They're fine. But you need her input in this. Yes. Uh, and yeah, you're right. She probably hasn't. I would Even say- though she could have used Macho's voice to give her input. We just know historically, you know, with a situation like this, they just don't have the input. It's just simple. No, not, they don't. No, you know, no. and Especially in 96 wrestling. Yeah, no it's, chance. it's across the board. It's across the board. Yep. It, it's like, it's, it's even in 2001, the women didn't have any input into storylines like this. Do you really think that Trish Stratus had any input in being uh, being told to strip down to her underwear and bark like a dog? Of course no. she fucking didn't. And no. even she's saying that it was disgusting and it was uncomfortable. But the only reason why she did it is because she wanted to keep her place in the business while she trains to wrestle, which she admits she was the drizzling shit at, you know, at the time. You know, this was her being in a prominent role on TV and getting all, you know, getting over as a sympathetic character to Vince, uh, to Vince McMahon's fucking evil, bloody, sex, fucking mad, maniac fucking character, you know. She was basically just do, do, doing that to keep her place and feeling that she had to do that. Where, honestly, I think if she had spoken up and said, you know what, I've done a lot of things, but I'm not going to do that. I think she probably would have earned a lot of respect from Vince McMahon. Because uh, yeah. he, he, he actually does like the challenging and all that. I don't think it would have harmed her push. If she came up with an alternative idea that still fucking get, uh, allows Vince McMahon to have uh, any fucking resemblance of a fucking hard on left, you know, if, if, he, still, if, if he still got that a little bit, yeah, I think he would have been fine. That was way too fucking far. Yeah. There's a reason. I've got. I've there's got. A, I do have to say. There's a reason why that doesn't get shown anymore. Like it, it got deleted from, uh, from, from the tape before it even reached the UK. Because obviously it was right. said, and we got, we got smacked down in the, on the Saturday, where they heard it on the Thursday. It was deleted yeah. from the tape before it reached the UK. That's right. how bad it was. It was, it, it is highly renowned as one of the most controversial skits 
WWE have ever done. And this, it it, it harmed, there's no two ways about it, it harmed Linda McMahon's presidential push. It yeah, harmed, because not. it yeah. got brought up, this is a yeah. business you're in. The, the terrorist attack. And so it should. The terrorist attack as well. The t- uh, you yeah. know, the London bombings, when they had terrorists fucking, uh, even though they didn't acknowledge them as terrorists and all that, mass people fucking coming in and abducting the Undertaker. You know? Yeah. That got brought up. But one of the first things was Trish Stratus being told to strip down to her, because it was uh, Linda's husband telling her to do that. You know? Yeah. It's yep. just... Totally, yeah. Yeah, women just historically have not had a say in wrestling. Obviously, it's a whole different ball game now, but in the fucking, in the mid-90s, definitely not. So, I've got to say, though, I'm fucking completely, I completely agree with you there. I completely fucking agree. Um, but the the payoff, and obviously there is a payoff for Trish as a, a solitary person as well. She went on to have a fucking amazing career and she's an amazing person. I've met her, I've had a conversation with her, she's fucking great. Yes, she is. And she deserves it, she's fucking awesome. She, she's awesome. She paid her dues uh, as seedy as they were, she paid her fucking dues. But, WrestleMania 17, the payoff there was exquisite. Right, well, I completely disagree with that. Do you? Oh, I, I'll, t- right, I'll tell you I, why. Vince getting his fucking comeuppance. He got his comeuppance. just what everybody wants. He got his comeuppance, but it was Linda that got the, the win over him, not Trish. Trish, man, all she did in that was slap Vince. That's, no, that, no, that was, in the lead-up, Trish wasn't drugging Linda. No, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is is that, yeah, she got that win, but Linda was the one that got the, the major victory of that. If... Vince McMahon had been told had been stripped down to his fucking underwear, and she fucking got him to bark like a dog at her command. Then I'd say it would be equal. I don't think it's yeah, equal. I it suppose, was more yeah. a win for Linda because Linda was the one that was being harmed in the long run. He, he she was the one that was being harmed the most in the story, yeah. not Trish. Trish was a fucking afterthought. Trish was just his sex slave. Linda McMahon yeah. was the one getting harmed. Stephanie McMahon yeah. was an accomplice in that. You know. Vince didn't get his comeuppance from Trish. Vince got his comeuppance from Linda. Trish, yeah, uh, yeah. it's not completely equal to me. It's just, no, it's not. not. It was a, it was a good payoff, but it should have been more for Trish's sake. It's not Trish's payoff. No, it's 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 Vince getting comeuppance of sorts. Yes, it's yeah, yeah. So I probably worded that wrong. I apologize. No, I see your point. But yeah, it's the wrong person getting the payoff, really. In the story, it's the right person. But what I mean is that Trish should have had her own thing in that. You know, she she may have set them up for that fall. But the worst thing that happened was Vince got a kick in the bollocks from Linda Linda McMahon and he got defeated by his son in the story. That is it. You know, his son uh, won that story for for the mum. Trish was just a pawn in all that. You know, I mean, people may disagree... You know, but it, I just think it wasn't humiliating enough for Vince. No, not at all. No, no. but then it's it, 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 he's not going to he's not going <laughs> to he's not going to agree to it, is he? To to being humiliated to uh, a new level, he's gone to this this level. I completely disagree with that as well because wow. a few months down the line in the invasion storyline, and we're going to get there, folks. We are going to get there. Um, Tori Wilson sets him up. Saying that, you know, calling him a sexy fucking old man, sexy man and all that. And she uh, takes him to a laundry room or, or some kind of room or something, or a boiler room and all that. And gets him to strip almost fucking naked. He's in his boxes and he's going, ha ha, uh, how do you like Mr. McDaddy? 
and turns around and Linda is there. <laughs> she walks, Tori walks out and Linda's there, fucking looking at him and he's pleading to her in his box and he's going, no, Linda, no, come back, no, it's not what it looks like. So he would get embarrassed. He would go to that thing. But, again, wrong fucking story. That was with Tori and Linda, but it wasn't Trish doing I that. Think, I think that's an ego thing, though. I think at that point, there's no competition. He's bought his competition, and he's just like, I am the fucking man. I can do whatever mm. the fuck I want at that point. Yeah, genuinely m- maybe, but... I- Once you're at Mania, because Mania is literally, what, the week after he purchases WCW. Like, literally the week after. See, the thing... You know, it's too late. No, that's what I mean. He could have done that for... He could have stripped down then, because he'd already won. The victory was... You know, it was, it, it was, he'd already won that war. He'd already won that war. So all bets are off. If all bets are off, as you say, then he could have done that for Trish. He just did it a few yeah. months later to, for Tory, you know, for that story. All I'm saying yeah. is, is that I said, you know, Vince McMahon is a lot of things, but he wasn't unwilling to be embarrassed on TV before, even yeah. before that, oh, yeah, that he purchase. pissed his pants and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. He was more yeah, willing yeah. to do shit like that. It's just the yeah. fact that for some fucking reason, that was... Oh, well, and maybe Trish didn't fight for it and that's all it were. Maybe Trish didn't fight for it enough, like hard enough. Yeah. She just, you know, in that moment, she was just more concerned about getting herself over and keep yeah. keeping a spot. And it did work for her. It did. I, I will never take that away from her. But it's yeah. just like, in the story, it was just like, ugh. Just really, you know, you you could have just like uh, deleted that fucking segment out and gone with it, and it would have been a perfectly chromulent story. Uh, hmm. But instead, well, to be fair, it, it, in hindsight, it's not a part of the story anymore because he don't fucking show <laughs> it. So no, you know. No. And to be fair, I've never, I've never, I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. it, it there is no trace of it. There are three things that there are literally no traces of in WWE history that were on TV. There was that, the terrorist incident, you can't won't find that, and the blonde bitch project. Which was basically um, Vince McMahon getting back at Sable uh, after she left the company and sued. Uh, sued. It got dismissed in court, it did, but yeah, she did, uh, She sued Vince McMahon for sexual harassment and yeah. as one of the revenges, they did a uh, uh, Witch parody with yeah. Stephen Richards and the Blue Meanie where like Steve, uh, Blue Meanie taking Stephen, uh, you know, Stephen into the woods and all that, and the payoff was uh, they find a woman in, uh, you know, a blonde-haired woman in bondage, and that was meant to be Stephen Richards. That was Stephen Richards dressed up in that. Right. That was literally it. It was just taking the piss out of Sable. She, it was basically dressed as Sable, and he was doing that gimmick already with Stephen Richards. He, he was parodying different wrestlers. He parodied China on TV. Like dresses China and all that, so he was up for literally anything. That there's no trace of that on the internet because of the lawsuit, right? And I uh, I, and you know what? I I would say that he was traces of that on the internet, but I think Brock Lesnar has had a lot of say in that not being on the internet oh, yeah. anymore because he's fucking married to say, "Do you want to piss fucking Brock Lesnar off? Do you fucking hell?" It's no. like you know, no, yeah, fucking abhorrent. Yeah, there might be other things, but the. From my recollection, there's three things you'll find no trace of. Because we do not want you to know about that. Right. And <laughs> maybe no fucking trace of evidence of fucking uh, being sort of man uh, helping Jimmy Snooker and what have you. But uh, that's outside <laughs> the wrestling, though, isn't it, really? If you think about well, it. That's but, it, yeah. 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 Well, um, 
We are at some point. We're gonna have to fucking do WrestleMania X Seven. Uh, we are gonna have to oh. have to delve into the the previous few weeks. I mean, I, I'm not sure that we could do like Raw SmackDown, fucking everything I mean, before it. We, we, we could, can certainly do the highlights. What, what I would say is just like pick the because uh, we are going to do the final episode of Nitro. We are, so yeah. we could just do a double episode. View, uh, do Nitro for one episode and do Raw for the other episode. Yeah. And just uh, release them back to back and then go from there. If we want to see if there's anything worth reviewing, whether it's just a random episode of Raw, random episode of SmackDown in the lead up to WrestleMania X7, we'll do it. Yeah, sounds good. It's something we can we can plan. Because we are because we are looking at the invasion. We are looking at the invasion as well, and this course, is course. this plays into that. So yeah, but seventeen, it's just got to be done. You've you've said Fucking before, up. it's your favourite pay per view. It's probably it's probably mine. It, as well, it's to it, it is arguably stated as the greatest pay per view of all time. Yeah. And you know, I it's just the gimmick battle, right, mate? That, that, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, like it, fucking... it, it's. I, I I almost see it as like a season finale, you know, a series yeah. finale. It's like that is the end of the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wise as we saw it. It yep. was just like yep. that pinpoint fucking thing. It it was just so fucking perfect. They just tied up all the loose ends and just put a nail in that coffin and then moved on. Yeah. It was just like yep. that's why it's so fucking good and just not a match, including the Battle Royal. There's not a match out of there. Yeah, I was being serious. Yeah. I fucking loved it. Oh yeah, it's great. It's fucking great. <laughs> Me and Gene on commentary and everything. It was uh, fucking awesome. Yeah, me and Gene and Bobby, Bobby Heenan. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> and there's some lovely, wholesome stories from behind the set, uh, scenes. Like, you know, uh, Bobby Heenan saying that um, he met the, uh, when he met the Dudley boys, and he's like, they are the nicest guys ever. Like, no, they're not, really. <laughs> but, yeah, just how respectful they were to him and all that. And he's just like, yeah, fucking, apparently, uh, when he returned to WWE, he, when he, after, after the show, Bobby Heenan fucking burst into tears because he was just so happy. And he thought, this is it. I'm back in WWE. And they never bring him back after that. No. You know, because no. obviously they were, I mean, they were phasing the thing out at this point. They were going for more younger, younger people. So, yeah, they weren't going to, like, use him. But I, but honestly, you know, you could have done so much with Bobby Heenan. He didn't have to be a commentator or anything. You could have you done more. You could have given him a fucking job. Doing yeah. anything. Easily. He could have been an Easily. agent. He could have put matches together. Hell, yep. you know what? He wanted, if there was a character he wanted to get over, he could be a manager. He could have just gone back to that old well. And it would have worked because no matter what WWE thought of him at that time, Bobby Heenan was timeless. Yeah, He was timeless. You could put him in any era and he would have fucking worked. Of course he would. I mean, yeah. if people disagree, look at Paul Heyman. Look at Paul Heyman. It's the same old gimmick that he was doing fucking 20 years ago. Minus a fucking oversized form right he's he's doing <laughs> and a lot of hair yeah and the hair yeah of course but uh and the hot packing more weight but he's doing the he's doing the same thing he's done the same thing throughout and again time was bobby heenan was the same you know and yeah, right. paul Heyman will tell you will tell anybody that bobby heenan was an inspiration he was an inspiration to him so yeah. you know need i say more yeah, it'll be coming in the future. That one definitely—it's one that I fucking definitely want to do because it is—it's fucking—it's up there. It's—it's it's probably easily my favorite WWF pay per view. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Um, well, fucking so hell, we've fucking... we got to speed through these fucking nitros to get there. Yeah, true. Coming uh, in twenty twenty six, WrestleMania <laughs> well, seventeen. It could be—it could be one of the Philly ones for for for. 
the fucking when, when we're away and stuff. Right. Like that. We can do. Yeah, it, it could be. We could just decide. Yeah, we'll put it. it into seasons. We'll put it into a different season. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, nearly three hours. Let's fucking let's let's fucking get this fucking finished. Yeah, let's uh, put a pin in this bitch. I need some food. I'm desperate. It was widely reported that people actually pelted the ring with garbage uh, at the end of this show because of the poor card and the wrestling that was on the show. Yep. The main criticism was the long pauses which the TV viewer would see for NWR segments, which the crowd couldn't see because there's no fucking video wall. Yes, again. It... Eric Bischoff is aware of this and will be uh, doing something going forward to try and alleviate that. Thank uh, God. As I said, rating 3.3 to Rose 2.3. Um Raw results from September 30th. It was live again. Steve Austin defeated Jake Roberts in 10 minutes. The Godwins uh, defeated the Grimm twins, Jared Grimm and Jason Grimm in 4 minutes and 24 seconds. Savio Vega defeated Razor Ramon, quote-unquote, by DQ in 9 minutes and 30 seconds. Jim Cornette and Vader defeated Jose Lothario and Shawn Michaels in 9 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, other segments included Mankind and Paul Burry in a graveyard preparing for Mankind's Buried Alive match against The Undertaker which will be at In Your House Buried Alive. Wouldn't it be? I think that's what it was called. I think. I can't remember. I think so, yeah. Buried something. I think it were. Um, it included an in-ring promo by Hunter Hearst Helmsley in which he challenged Mr. Perfect to a match. Fucking hell. Uh, featured a segment hosted by Doc Hendricks in which he revealed uh, the roadie was the real Double J and sang on behalf of Jeff Jarrett at the 1995 In Your House in July. Uh, the Undertaker in the same graveyard Mankind and Burry were at earlier with Taker saying he would bury Mankind alive uh, and also there was an announcement that Psycho Sid would face Gold Dusk the following week um, in other news AAA Business is Treble A sorry uh, Business is struggling due to the wrestlers opting to work for WCW while WCW isn't paying them great it's better than what the AAA pay why do I keep calling it AAA <laughs> Treble A pay and because of prices of goods in Mexico in general, WCW actually works out better for them. Uh, Rumour had it that it was requested by Eric Bischoff that no WCW wrestler was to be booked by uh, booked by New Japan in any matches featuring Road Warrior Animal. Uh, I'm speculating that that's because they've let the Road Warriors go uh, and they were worried that Animal might sabotage one of the wrestlers, you know, like injure one of them or something like that. But I could be completely wrong. Um of this episode of Nitro, Dave Meltzer says, never mind, we've fucking covered that already. Uh, at this at this time in 1996, the song El Scorchio by Weezer is doing the rounds with the lyric, watching grunge dro- leg drop, <laughs> watching grunge leg drop New Jack through a press table. Yes, it's a, in reference to uh, Johnny Grunge and New Jack. That's pretty cool. Um, JJ Dillon started with WCW this week as Kevin Sullivan's assistant. Apparently his house was uh, in Connecticut was up for sale for a while so he's been wanting out of the WWF for longer than was expected uh, Jim Neidhart has also gone from the WWF and Sting is not in Japan in case you were wondering where he is he's filming liar, liar, scenes for Liar Liar that never made it into the film <laughs> <laughs> all that time off for nothing <laughs> they're saying that as well that the giant was meant to be in it but I'm pretty sure it's Macho Man I have no idea I'm pretty sure it's Sting and Macho Man in a match. I don't think it's the Giant. But having said that, you know, Giant is going on about making movies and, and them segments, I think, they were quite obviously filmed in advance, weren't they, so that everybody could have the Monday night off. So it might be the Giant. Who knows? Anyway, that is that for that episode of Nitro. Let's hope that the next one picks up. And I'm not going to go ahead in time and look at the card or anything like that, which I, I did do for this one. 
um, to try and get myself a little bit more psyched up because of the fucking horrific scenes from the previous episode of Nitro. <laughs> we talked about everything but. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think that's going to cover it. Unless you've got anything else you need to add? Uh, no, that's it. That's it. At NitrogenCast, NitrogenCast.com, at Brian Talks Crap, and we may as well just fucking leave you be because we've taken way too much of your time. For me, Marvelous Mark Ashworth. And for me, Brian Bradshaw. The preceding announcement was paid for by the Nitrogen Podcast. Bill Murray.